When you're constantly on the move, it's not just pits that break a sweat. From your armpits to your thighs and everywhere in between, new whole body deodorant cream and sticks from Shea Moisture are your secret weapon to staying fresh and confident all day long. Made from melanin-rich skin and packed with plant-based goodness, embrace a new era of freshness with whole body and stick deodorants from Shea Moisture. Find them at your nearest Walmart and walmart.com. And when you do, your whole body's covered. Welcome to the Friends. Every time I'm in the zone. I'm Francesca, also known as K-Friend. Hey. My name is Asante. Hey. This is the Friends Zone. So I'm uh, I'm Candy Burris and um Todd and I had um we had seen a clip where there was this guy, he was standing in a store and he was yodeling. And so I looked at Todd and I was like, Can I do that? I think I can do that. I, can do that. I think I can do that. So <laughs> I just, uh, we just finna do it. We just finna see how it go, so. <clears throat> well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Ken. Before you get started, just make <laughs> sure that the people follow you on the gram and they stay tuned to everything that we got going on. Let the people have it, all right? <clears throat> so I got a daughter and her name is Riley. And I got a new son, and his name is X Wells Tucker oh, too. And I got two kids, <laughs> so I thought that you know, <laughs> it was just another thing I wanted to try. Y'all know I like to try, you know, all sorts of things with my you know, brand. Candy's a boss, and when you're a boss, you like to do a little bit of everything. Am I right? That's you right, know, Todd. Success. Hold on, singer. Todd. Yeah. Because I don't want nobody talking about my mama. <laughs> So that's it. I just wanted to give a shout out to Candy Burris this week. <laughs> little live theater. We decided to show off a little bit of our artistic capabilities this week. And with that being said and understood, oh, also don't sleep because the hashtag is that yodeling boy. Because I know just like you and me, mm-hmm. we are all tired of mm-hmm. the yodeling boy. Yo, y'all mm-hmm. tagged us down. Mm-hmm. When I say. That's y'all fault. At one point I logged into Instagram and had 48 alerts and I, I was like and it was all but it yodel. was all comments I was like dang <laughs> the notifications were looked- coming into the rhythm of the yodel like another notification y'all done tagged me to everywhere that kid was on the internet <laughs> that you, damn Frank, yodeling was like, boy what? I was like dang I was like damn who got so much to say to me 48 comments and all of them were yodeling and all of them were yodeling <laughs> so that yodeling boy we tired of him. He didn't been on Ellen. We've seen the last of him, hopefully. <laughs> I've had enough. <laughs> and with that being said and understood, welcome to the Friend Zone, your weekly look into all things mental health, mental wellness, and mental hygiene. Because who in the hell wants a musty brain? Hello, friend. <laughs> Wait, but did y'all see Jay Versace's <laughs> Yes. And Lala Scissorhands. Man, they, they was going off. Jay Versace and Lala Scissorhands, the way that they were tapping their foot, I'm telling you. Took, and then Lala Scissorhands' actual story that she told, the caption of her video said, let me tell y'all what happened. And she sang a song about finding out that her boyfriend was sleeping with her cousin. It was so ghetto. It was hilarious. 
I mean, like, they are. That's yo. art. I'm telling you, that was art when she did it. But Jay Versace's had me dead because he's so tall. He was like, <laughs> ab- he was like above the aisle. <laughs> oh my god! Anyways, first of all, before we get started, happy birthday, Dustin! Thank you so much, yo, so much. Yay! Happy Thank birthday! Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Feels good to be able to be told happy birthday. So I'm just glad to be able to hear it. (laughs) You were so calm today. I'm telling you, I'm just glad to be able to hear happy birthday because sometimes that's enough. So shout out to still being around. Super thankful, super grateful. Lots of love. So thankful to everybody for showing love and taking time out to say hello or happy birthday. Just very appreciative. Um, It's another year, another chance for more life. And I'm just grateful. So... Yay, yes, how are yeah. your weekends? Yours Weekend was, was great. Fun. <laughs> yeah, I had a phone shout out to all my friends. Um, and just shout out to everybody that came out to my amazing birthday party. Shout out to Kid Fury. Shout out to Frank Watson, um, Hudson Terrace, except for that one security guard who gave us a little bit of static at the end. Um, really? Mm-hmm, but it was no reflection on Hudson Terrace. It was him, and more importantly, his mama. Ooh. Because she didn't raise him or lower him. She just left his ass right there to fend for himself. That's the new thing. You can't tell nobody your mama didn't raise you right. Your mama must not have raised or lowered. She just left you right there for you to fend for yourself. So other than that, it was amazing, though. And just thank you. Frank is so cute. Frank is a is a very good Every looking guy. Every time I guy. see him, I'm like that is a good looking man. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Frank Watson. Follow FW Events or F Watson Events. Something like that on Instagram. It was fun. <laughs> yes. And shout out to uh, DJ, DJ Queen of Spades. Oh, she played. was working. Queen she of Spades played. was working. Shout out to Queen of Spades who incorporated my beloved carnival. City Girls. <laughs> she turned your party into carnival. She did. Ooh, was it that song? No, wait, never mind. Oh, you y'all walked out when Stucky was playing. Damn it! And I think that might have been the song. Oh, never mind. I, I love Stucky. Y'all know yes. that's like my favorite. I like the way you move. Hey, I, I like, like the way you groove. <laughs> like and then quick. of course the Cardi B album. Oh my yes. god! Every time she, you know what amazed me. And then we'll get into mm-hmm. whatever you're no, about you about to say. It was a dumb story, so we probably should move on. <laughs> <laughs> How on earth did everyone know all the lyrics already? Already. We've been practicing shit. Everybody knew to Every song, everyone knew. I'm like, yo, that shit just dropped like two days ago. And people was out there with every verse, verse by verse. I'm going to tell you this, friend. I pay my Apple Music every month specifically for the show lyrics button. Mm. (laughs) When I have the track, so I could just be looking and reading along. That shit is impressive. I was standing there in awe. I was like, look at this crowd. Once I saw them tweets go up that I have to learn all the words before the club tonight. Right. I, I was like, I know I'm old because I got me a day or two, but damn, <laughs> y'all yeah, gonna learn them in a couple hours. I'm still trying to learn the first verse to Drake's new song. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh Everybody God. get your motherfucking roll on. That's okay. <laughs> okay, from, Don't get from me started. the start. <laughs> Had a man last year, life goes Hello, on. Hello, my <laughs> friend. <laughs> the was... door is closed. No, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Anyway, what were you going to say, Dustin? Um, nothing. What was your story? <laughs> no, it's, it's really dumb. Say, it's like, it, we no, love dumb stories it's really on this dumb. show. It's birthday. It's just about how, why Stucky was my favorite. It's like, why I like that song. <laughs> why? And just, it's not even a, it's really stupid, I promise. 
there's just a moment where they, me and Kid Fury would be out and we would hear the song and he would always be distracted when I'd be trying to tell him, what's the name of this song? Because I didn't know. And so they played it at his party and I went off like dancing, going crazy. I'm like, that's the song. And we were so excited. It was finally like, know. It was like we had learned, like, yes, this one. we had found out some good Is this like Moon River? It was that deep. Part two. It was that deep. <laughs> and so now I know Stucky is, you know, that's all. Your one of the jams. ones. Mm-hmm. It was a real Sealy, Nettie. You remember when Sealy and Nettie was embracing because they was getting ready to be torn apart? <laughs> That's how we was acting when we found out the name of the song. So it was, that's <laughs> I, well, when I found out, because he knew, but I didn't. So when I found out, he was happy for me. That's all right. <laughs> Release. What about your weekend, Asante? Uh, my weekend was awesome. Uh, went to that party and partied it up. It was great. So did. Um, before that, I actually was in Boston with three, which was an amazing time. Yeah. Uh, thank you for everybody that came out to the show in Boston. I, we hadn't been back to Boston in a minute. And also thank you to everybody that came out to the pop-up shop in Boston. There was a lot of love. There were people that actually just wanted to come by and say hi to me in for the friend zone, which Aww, I thought sweet. was super, super dope. Um, thank you to everybody that came out. A young lady actually gave me a card that I'll share with you guys later. Um, just crazy love in Boston. Had no idea that there was so much love out there. And friend, you actually aren't the only one that has a Clark's campaign. No, I'm just playing. But <laughs> I was out in Clark's, and they Cute. were so Cute nice. Shoes. That they gave me a pair. Oh, cute. cute. And, they, and they are comfortable as fleet. They're so okay? cute. When I tell you they just gave me these, they were like, because it was so busy. And I was like, hey, you know, it's going to be busy up in here today because, you know, people coming. So I just want y'all to be prepared. Yeah. You know, when it's busy, people are either going to be excited or they're going to be like, oh, what they so damn busy for? <laughs> but Clark's was not hating. They was loving it so much that they hooked your boy up. So that was nice. That's shout out to sick. Clark's. Shout out to and Boston. And you're going to have those shoes Forever. 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 They're Shout such good quality. The people that were in the store helping me, they were super, super helpful. They, I said, I need, I wear a size 12. I need the most comfortable shoe. I need the most stylish shoe. Let's see what's up. Right. We met in the middle and uh, walked Bean out. Meantime, they must have been from the Clark. Pinto section. <laughs> 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 I heard a lot of new black shit going on in Boston. The Pinto beans town. Well, baby, I might have to go plant some beans my damn self. Oh, right. my. Lima beans. <laughs> Friend, how was your weekend? <laughs> My weekend was good. I was with you guys on Sunday, and I was—I yes. turned to Sante, and I was like, you guys have me in the club again. That's right. And you was looking good, too. She was. Thank and you. And thank you for bringing my coat. I will take it after the <laughs> show if you have it with you. People were touching my coat, talking about, friend, you got a mink? I'm like, would I roll up to the club in a mink? Like, obviously, it's not a mink. <laughs> you imagine me? It was a <laughs> no, I'm just playing. It wasn't no make It wasn't no Don't throw no pain. Right. No, it was super cute. But yeah, it was fun. I had Thank fun. You. It was nice seeing you so happy yes. and all your friends. <laughs> and obviously everyone that we met when we were walking through the crowd and yes. all the hugs and the kisses and the cool conversation. That's always fun. Um, and then I was, honestly, I spent my whole weekend. It was like business weekend and taxes. Me and Maya were like, crying in the corner Mariah Carey wall sliding because our taxes were beast and it's a blessing shout out to Budgetista to be growing as a business financially but OMG like there are just some aspects of it that my heart just can't take (laughs) so um just getting that together and trying to figure out how to be better equipped for that hit next year or rather this year I should say um so yeah it was a mix of business heartache Wall sliding and fun partying at the club. Yes, <laughs> the huge. The huge. 
<laughs> but are you guys ready to jump into last week's recap? Yes. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> so on last week's show, we discussed, uh, we had an episode titled The Nudge Theory, where we discussed China's new social credit called Sesame Credit. You know what was crazy? I don't know if you guys saw all the tags on Twitter, but everyone was reporting on it. Mm-hmm. It was bugged out. Even you guys were tweeting us like, friends had it first or just being like why is it that when you guys report it just randomly just shows up everywhere like all the blogs even like major news sites and no I'm not saying they got it from us because obviously we didn't create social credit or sesame credit but it's just interesting the timeline of when things are presented so that was pretty exciting we on trend you know okay. the collective consciousness it don't matter what you know where we placing in the trend <laughs> we on it <laughs> but that was just really cool to see because yes. I love to see that we are just up on it but um, as always you guys had a lot to say so Asante who stood out to you I want to give a, a special shout out to Nicole her name is Nicole just because this is a little lengthy but I felt like it was very important um, the subject was thoughts about China and Alipay from a black girl who was in China Ooh. Uh, to start here's a little about me I'm currently a college student double majoring in, math- in mathematics and Chinese I'm graduating wow. early in December praise the lord <laughs> And I am an up-and-coming data scientist, and one of my career goals is to consult on data ethics. I studied abroad in China, right? Fall 2017, and have a lot of mixed feelings about my time there. One thing that I think you guys might not understand about China and its unique position is the amount of people who live in China, the need for a growing authoritarian government to monitor its people, and the extensive monitoring that is already happening through more traditional avenues. So first, just the sheer amount of people in China— One billion is really hard to conceptualize. When I lived in Beijing, where I was for for the majority of my stay, I felt like it was New York rush hour every time that I stepped on the metro. I had to elbow my way out of the train at 2 on a Tuesday. Right now, China is dealing with the question, how do you live together in a society with billions of people and create trust? Also, a lot of people don't understand the importance of family and education and name in China. People are already judged based on where they go to school and who their parents are, So why not move that to the Internet? I don't know if you guys know about this, but the president of China more or less declared himself president for life. Power is becoming more and more centralized, and you can only do that if there is a massive buy-in from the people. And amazingly, I felt that Chinese people really were all in on this and think that China is largely headed in the right direction. And lastly, the extensive monitoring that is already happening. People in China already know that they are being watched, and many people I talked to just didn't seem to care. Chinese people's trust in the government and hope for the future cannot really be overstated. They already monitor people through their ID cards. You can put metro fares on it, you enter buildings and national monuments that way, you need it for the bank, etc. Moving all this monitoring to the internet seems to make logical sense. In my experience, most foreigners who come to China start off in a weird financial situation. None of my foreign friends mentioned their Zima score because I'm pretty sure they opted out. But also, we weren't trying to buy anything large while we were there. I don't really see this making a splash anywhere except in American and other foreign circles. Dissenters are all are easily hushed in China, and most people truly believe the government has their best interests in mind. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for reading my letter. I thought there was a lot of really dope information in there, because when you put it in perspective like that, for it to be like billions and always busy and all that the overpopulation scale, and shit yeah. like that, sure, but you know where I'm at and how we've been living... No, because we haven't had to use our, you know, our driver's license or anything for everything. Mm-hmm. So I think it would be a little bit different if people would think twice about the shit that they did had they been doing that all their lives or 
most of their careers. Right. I would love if uh, someone Chinese could write in because I would love to hear their perspective. Mm -hmm. You know, someone who grew up there, who uh, is more immersed in the culture by birth and, you know, their surroundings. They went to the school, Mm -hmm. their their friends, their family. I would love to know what you guys think of it and how it affects your life. Yeah, that would be awesome to get your perspective on it. But yes, thank you. What was her name? Her name is Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> I should have known. Right. What about you, friend? So, of course, on SoundCloud, Anna Chanel Lee. I hope I'm saying that right. I don't know if it's Chanel Anna Chanel Ellie or Chanel Lee. Either way, it's lit. Right? I like it. <laughs> Anna Chanel Lee says, friend, please get Dustin to shout me out on next week's show. I'm an avid listener and we share the same birthday, April 10th. It would mean the <laughs> world to me. Sending good <laughs> vibes, and then her at uh, apparently, I guess on Twitter is at Anna the Great. So now you see how, how to help a sister out, and and do you see how I was drawn to, to her, her name? Do you see that? Yes. <laughs> that was supposed God's plan. Okay, God's plan. <laughs> Happy birthday, Chanel Lily. Chanel, Chanel Lily, Chanel Lily, whatever it is. Happy birthday, baby. You about to get the beard? Yeah. <laughs> So, what about you, Dustin? Would you find in a Twitter street? <laughs> in these streets? Oh, 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 oh. Well, this week the pickings were few. You know, just to be truthfully honest with there are a couple ones. So I want to give a shout out to Glenda T at love underscore Glenn Coco and not T, as in Ice T's wife. But anyway, wow. he says, because of looking Dustin, I can never listen to Be Encouraged. Uh, The gospel song The same ever again Hashtag body roll With a video of them Playing it in the car And a Snapchat caption Saying they were body rolling So I'm just glad You can be honest now (laughs) Um, I also want to give A huge And this is actually What we're going to Close out with Because this To me it is The alpha and omega Of everything In the Twitter streets This week When it comes to The friend zone And our listeners So Okay, so this is a double shout-out. So I want to give a shout-out to Mom. Well, not my mama, but her name on Twitter is Mom. And her, oh, Twitter like, handle, her Twitter handle is Love Deluxe. L-O-V-E-D-L-U-X-E. That's why I had to clear that up. Like, hold on, not the one I slid out of on this here day a few years ago. Not that one. Okay. But so they alerted me to a tweet by Rainacorn, whose Twitter name is at Ray N E S I M M. Rain Sim? <laughs> Rain Nassim? Who knows? <laughs> so anyway, who tweeted? And, and the reason I'm, it doesn't, we're, it, we just leave their name where it is because they need us. Mm. The tweet says, Why did my mother get her hair braided? Oh, <laughs> By Rachel Dozol. Oh no! Accompanied it, by um, it looked look, nice though. Did <laughs> I have? Did you zoom? Did you go in? There? Did you? You must have seen a collage, the pic collage. I told you it's like them paints from afar. It looks one way when you, when you do that squint meme and get up on there again. It looks different. So I'm at his reflex. Did, 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 did you zoom in? Did you, well, her name is Annette, and Annette posted on her Facebook. Course. She posted on her Facebook. <laughs> oh, of course. If you're ever in Spokane and need your hair oh, braided, Spokane? Rachel D is your girl. Never Don't be Spokane. so quick to judge a book by its cover. Check out her Netflix documentary on 427, her story, and not the media version. She got a bum deal. <laughs> 
see why I told you this is the grand opening, grand closing <laughs> of the Twitter sheets. She got a bum deal. Nice lady who is down to earth and talented. Mm-hmm. New friend for life. So Aww. shout out to Annette and Rachel, you know, mm-hmm. both being fake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's great. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I want to close out with in these Twitter sheets this week. Thank you. How do we segue? Mm-hmm. <laughs> now she got a bum deal. <laughs> right? I, was like, I don't know why that's extra right funny right now. <laughs> Rachel Dozal got a bum deal. <laughs> what? Like from who? <laughs> because bitch, where? That's the way. Uh huh. Uh huh. She like it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Woo! So, are you guys ready to jump into this week's? Show. I don't know, friend. <laughs> Why? Because the Rachel Dozal <laughs> being off white. <laughs> well, maybe that was the first off white collab. Oh, <laughs> Rachel Dozal. No. <laughs> no. Shout out to Virgil. Virgil, shout out to Virgil, man. Designing a real designer for real, <laughs> okay? Because that is a design. No, 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 no. He can't be so stopped. I know it's his birthday. <laughs> it's his birthday. Yep. We just got off white. Him <laughs> no, I'm just playing. You gotta say it like Offset, like the Migos. Let's go ahead. Off white. Off. <laughs> <laughs> so wild, <clears throat> wild country. Mm. We, if you don't know what that is, we mentioned. Wow! 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 <laughs> on last week's episode you should watch the documentary which is a six-part series on netflix titled wild wild country yes about osho who i can't say without my voice shaking Uh, okay um (laughs) (laughs) we we sound like three candies (laughs) (laughs) did you did you see the um video of someone saying candy's voice was shaking and it was a dog on top of you oh, yes, yes, yes. Vibra- uh, the dog <laughs> was vibrating. Yes. <laughs> What's wrong with the internet? Anyways, okay, so that's me right now mentioning our show. Um, so if you haven't watched that, you should pause this episode because we're going to spoil it for you. The whole thing. Watch it first. It goes relatively quickly. It's really interesting. <laughs> and then come back to us because we're not going to hold back on the conversation. So... Where do we start? With Sheila. Let's start. <laughs> right. She was a motherfucker. And you know what? In the beginning, I was like, she's a force. You had know. Us, had us all fooled. Uh, baby. When, never mind. Should we start at the beginning? Go ahead or where and should start. we go? I just feel like I something it was she was too she it was too personal for her. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And what that was a red flag for me. When she first started telling her story, when she started talking about that crown and the guillotine or whatever, oh yeah, I was like, oh, okay, so she must be the one in the middle of all the bullshit, right? So immediately I judged her, <laughs> but I was right as we kept on watching, <laughs> you know, and times went on. I didn't feel comfortable with her saying that she wasn't her. So when she said that she first met Osho, she was like, and at that moment I was no longer myself. She was like, I gave, I just, I belonged to him. I was like, well, that lets me know right there. <laughs> Well, I'm Sheila because <laughs> I, I read like a, you're like I too. Look, I, I too drank the Kool Aid. Belong to Osho. Because Spring gave me a, a book or two. Oh Lord, this is why you look, throw me in the gave me. She gave it to me. She fed it. That's what makes me laugh though, because all the tweets people are like you told I me mean, to read. <laughs> and you know, not for nothing, 
I could see why. Like watching the people, you like she's just like that hairy chest, like she did. What did she say? <laughs> Remember she was like, <laughs> what she was describing yeah, when you walked like, in. I mean that tits, Look. hairy chest. <laughs> she, she said, I said "Girl, <laughs> it was just his hairy chest in the robe," and I was like. <laughs> and, you know, not for nothing. I thought I was like, never mind. You're like, not... girl, what is this about? <laughs> oh, show. Okay, okay. look. Uh, you oh, both. It's gonna be oh, faux show. Oh. Okay, I was about to say, oh show. Okay. Oh, like, show. Uh, oh show. <laughs> anyway, so all I know is Sheila had me fooled, and I just re- and oh show did too. Mm. They both did. I mean, not for nothing, when I started watching it, I was just like, damn, I, I would have been there. I would have been one of those people that probably been like, mom, I think this is my calling. You, I, never mind, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Look, what, what they were doing for those people at the compound, it seemed like everything was gravy. Like, you know, not being able to, not having all the technology and stuff that we have today. It would have been way harder for me, I know, to discern these fraudulent people out here. And initially, you know, it's white people. So I'm doubt I'd be like, oh, I ain't going out to white people. But you know, yeah, or to a, a creative community right? in Oregon. But but I'm telling you, had I met Osho, the way the pe- people were always immediately drawn to him. Yeah. If I could feel those, if if I could feel that presence in those words in the books that I read, because honestly, reading the books, like I felt everything that they were talking about. Because mm-hmm. I read the books and then to hear them talk about, it, I was like, yes, like. Damn, y'all got to experience that. That fuck, that could have should have been cool as fuck. But then, as the you know, turn left. <laughs> as the blinders started to turn, you really start to see what was outside the window. I ain't know if I want to go outside no more. I was like, oh no. I mean, it asks after I finished watching it. It asks the question: How do you cancel someone who changed your life? And that was the part that had me fucked up because when I got introduced to Osho when I was 22, I was given a quote of his. That's how it started. A friend of mine, um, it was actually a relationship I was in. They were huge, you know, fans of Osho's work and put me on with a quote that they kind of just spit off the cuff one day. And I was like, ooh, you know, when a quote hits you, I was like, Mm -hmm. what'd you just say? Who's, you know, whose is that? And then from there, I started researching Osho because it just hit like some people just have a gift there are a lot of poets there are a lot of writers philosophers um there's a lot of information out there but sometimes it just hits a certain way and so I immediately was drawn started reading his books the emotional wellness the book on creativity meditation I mean if you go to my house I have a section in my library, de- exactly. As long as they've seen it, that is just Osho because I have literally everything he has ever written. <laughs> I've read it. And he deserves his own section in my library because he's been that impactful. So seeing this was hard. It was hard for me because I I think it's, it's such a nuanced conversation that comes out of it where it's not just like, oh, he's canceled. I can't. You know, I can't do that. And that's the reality of it. I cannot cancel someone who has played such a pivotal role in my understanding of the world. Now, where as a human, you have to be careful, and this ties into the compliance conversations that we've had, I'm not a devotee of anybody. Meaning, I would not have put on a red outfit (laughs) and a necklace with his face on it and moved into a compound with him uh, and left my family 
and, you know, decided that I'm going to empty myself because that's what his teachings, anyone who has worked uh, with his teachings, it is about emptying yourself of everything you of the collection of perceptions that we've discussed on the show, mm-hmm. letting go of the story. That is where I get a lot of that. Uh, that's where I got a lot of that development in my own mind of like letting go of everything that's happened to me, not letting it define me, kind of breaking through all those stories to create the friend that I need to create to survive um, so that I can thrive and not be a survivor anymore, but switch into thrive mode, which is what his teachings are. Break out of what's happened to you, turn that into gold and make something of yourself. But where it got a little nefarious. <laughs> I'm right here with you. Friend. And I think that's where his ego creeped in is that once you emptied yourself, he filled himself. He filled you with himself. Mm. And that's where it's a problem. I emptied myself of me, but I did not fill myself with anyone because right. I don't believe in worshiping people. That's just never, that's kind of never just been my draw. So uh, did I look up his ashrams when I was younger? Absolutely. But I remember watching videos of the people at the ashrams because I wanted to go. I was like, I have to see this guy. I mean, he was dead already, but I was like, I want to see, I want to feel his energy. I want to see what his school is like, his his disciples, people who got to study under him and experience, like really learn through them as opposed to just buying a book at Barnes and Nobles. I had to experience it. Um, but as I was watching the videos and just obviously scheduling things, I was really young and traveling to india is a little bit hard when you're like 22 um it didn't pan out which by the grace of god obviously that Uh (laughs) because who knows not saying that i would have turned into a devotee i don't think i'm wired that way right um but who knows why it didn't pan out it wasn't supposed to but this is the part that gets tricky because like i said how do you cut someone out or cancel someone who was such a crucial part of your development and a, and a truly crucial part, because I'm not one of those people. I saw a lot of tweets of people being like, I see, I can't, I always knew something was wrong with Osho. I'm not going to be that person, because I didn't sense that anything was wrong with Osho. I read his books. I felt them, his quotes. You watch his videos on YouTube. He has a tone, the way he speaks, and a cadence, and it's very hypnotizing. Granted, he has studied the art of hypnosis so he knows what he's doing he's very calculated everything that he does from his voice to the words the fluidity of his concepts it's all trained he knows what he's doing he's a mixture of psychology and eastern mysticism science all the things i love you know what i mean he's literally the embodiment of all of my interests um so that's why it's it's not as simple for me to just say fuck osho <laughs> it's just not. Does that mean that I'm still going to like go around pushing his books? Obviously not. There's a a, a barrier that's been created now, where I'm going to be more cautious of uh, suggesting his book to people because now that this is out there, and I'm like, oh, okay, so this is the whole picture of Bhagwan. <laughs> this isn't Osho that I learned which was his higher self and and when he's channeling this beautiful information because he still is a beautiful person. Like, he still had the ability to channel. I cannot take that away from him just because we now see (laughs) this nefarious side. But 
what I loved about the documentary is that it was a, a slap in the face and a reminder to not put people on pedestals. You just can't. Mm. And it's sometimes you forget to do that when you meet someone that powerful and that brilliant. And it's rare that I come across spirits and people and their words that really just like knocks the breath out of me and, and changes my life. So when I do, I hold on tight. But there is that barrier where I, I'm not a devotee. I don't worship people. I just extract what I find useful, you know, and integrate it into my development if it feels good. But then there are certain aspects that don't feel good, like that. Right. You know, like I wouldn't have been that person in, in Oregon. I just wouldn't have. Yeah. Nothing about living in a commune, no shade, with like all these white people <laughs> I mean, worshiping him all day and being excited because he got on stage. Like that's not how I work. I'd rather just extract what about you makes me feel good and then be on my way. But there are people who fall into that. And obviously we're going to examine that. What is it? What is it? And it, it, you know what? It ties into even the movie compliance, where we very easily and and the Netflix show, The Push, we very easily were like, "What the fuck? <laughs> I would never do that." Word. Even though, granted, you don't know until you're in the position. Right. But for the most part, we knew what we would and wouldn't do. I know I wouldn't put a body in a box. <laughs> I wouldn't okay. push nobody off a roof. Like I'm not you can't no get me. To, I'm not holding room. no girl hostage. I'm not taking a, a carriage. Mm-hmm. From someone and pushing it outside. If you don't know what we're talking about, this is the push on Netflix, which is about certain personality types that are more compliant than others, as well as the movie compliance on Hulu. Um, but, you know, this is a tricky one because I love Osho. And that's what I'm saying, though. Like, I, thinking about the time, I, even though I wasn't alive back then, had I been a child or even a grown-ass person back then, like, social media not being the thing. Right. If... This person would have come to my town. If he would have came to Atlanta, I'm sure niggas would have been like, y'all got to get this up out of here. We are not about none of this. But had people started spreading his message of love and all that stuff, I'm sure there would have been a, a sector of niggas somewhere to be like, yo. Like, like this is We dope. want hugs and shit. We tired of fighting in the hood. Like, there would have had to have been that. And not to say that they would have been like, yo, nigga, we, we taking the bus out to Oregon. Is you rolling? But if that were to happen, having met the way that the people just talked about him, had I met him or been like somewhere where his energy was, I feel like I would have ended up on that compound. <laughs> I, That's I, so real just of be, you, though. And, and it's, it's, it's fucked very up. Real of because you. in that first episode, I told you before we started, in that first episode, they showed these couple, these two black dudes. And they were like watching when Bagwan pulled up <laughs> and shit. And it almost looked like they were looking like, look what are white people doing today? <laughs> I would have been one of those niggas initially. But had he looked and over, been seduced. had he looked over He's at the like niggas Prince. and walked up, exactly, <laughs> had he walked up to them and had started a conversation with them or something, and they probably been like, all right, let's go see what this is about. Like, I would have been one of those people. Ugh. And I just feel that way because there are so many, like, <laughs> this is sad and it's fucked up, but I feel like he took advantage of, of, of the people. Yeah. Well, clearly. Like, totally. Like, Absolutely. And I say it's fucked up to say because, you know, I'm still, I'm, I too, I'm like you, friend. <laughs> like, those two or three books that I borrowed from you, they really, they literally, a lot of the transformation that's happened for me on this show is because of that. So it's like, I'm coming to terms too as we have this <laughs> right. conversation that, it's you know. very conflicting. Right. Very, very conflicting. And even that whole power struggle between him and Sheila after she left the compound, like, even that was conflicting. Like, mm-hmm. who was telling the truth, who wasn't? Even though it was clear there was some bullshit happening because he was just mad she left, but, you know. It's like the Queen's Court. <laughs> oh, my God. 
But well, it absolutely is, actually. And then even seeing him <laughs> when he was mad. Yeah. And he was like being petty. Yeah. I was looking at him and I was in disbelief because if you read his books, that's so not so what not... he represents. He's very like, not, he's so unbothered. He's the king of unbothered. So to see him get that petty and lashing out and kind of like threatening and even putting all the business out there. Because he was saying, well, how much she stole. And I'm like, hold up. Even oh, she, show. This even is a show right her, now. And she was on the TV and she was like, uh, tell the truth. There are two of you. You know, there's the nice one and mm-hmm. there's the other one. And then he was talking about she's just mad because she never, you know, we never slept together. I was like. <laughs> it felt very like, Jerry Springer. I was, like, I was like, I can't believe Osho. Osho, go back inside. Like, well, Sheila did want some. I don't care I what mean, nobody says. Sheila wanted. I mean, should she not? Now. She she was with him. I mean, but y'all know Sheila wanted. But some should she not have wanted some? She was with him every day since she was I a don't child. Listen, her her parts, her goals. I don't her know. Parts, her parts, <laughs> I can't say. But I still feel like she was able to separate the two. I think that there were things about being a part of that community that appealed to people, mm-hmm. and they focused on that and held on to it. And what really made me feel like that was the young lady that they interviewed and they asked her specifically about open marriage and the concept of open marriage. And do you remember how she answered the question? She she kind of she kind of coyly laughed and then she said, "Open marriage. You want to know about open marriage?" And then she ran that shit down so smooth which <laughs> you know, <laughs> You know, everybody got five senses, right? I got six. <laughs> hey, you know what my sixth one is. It's just like the word six, but you place the vowel. You just switch out the vowels. But anyway, so I no. recognized with the ease, the way that she explained it, she was like, well, no one here is boundary by anything within their marriage. They are literally able to be in any type of relationship they would like to be with anyone that they want to be as long as it's okay with them and they're not boundary by any limits when it comes to love. I know that that appealed to several people. <laughs> and the concept, the fact that that was, sure. was pitched as like a fundamental way of living, like being free like that. Fully. Come on now. People were attracted to that. There were other people who were attracted to the peaceful component of releasing everything and actually living amongst a community of people. Of like-hearted, like-minded. Exactly. It reduces the threat of a lot of problems. So there were people mm-hmm. that were attracted to that. Then just like the other gentleman said, people just simply want to believe something. They mm-hmm. want to have something to believe in and put their faith into. And so this appealed to a lot of people for a lot of reasons. And once greed comes into play, once the desire to have power comes into play and you have already low-key, because let's be clear, Sheila had already low-key mastered the art of manipulation. Everybody that they talked about, everybody that spoke about her was saying how she just had a natural rapport with people. She was so charismatic, and she knew how to connect with people, and she just had a natural air of running shit when you came around. (laughs) Remember that? Mm -hmm. So And was young. She was young, and she was smart as hell. And she was attracted to the concept of being the creator, she knew that it was going to be, like, wild to create a literal city. Crazy. Like, pick a name, put them off on paper, like, this is a city. You know what I'm saying? She knew that that was, like, wild, and she wanted to be the one to do it. It reminds me of people who do award-winning, you know, efforts in research, medical research or mm-hmm. science research. You want to be the person, what's the book, friend? The, um... The science journal, though, whatever it is, you want to be the where people put their their research and their stories into that book. What right. they come up, their um, mm-hmm. 
Mm. Fuck. You know what I'm trying to say. But you want to be the person who's listed and credited as making these breakthroughs and, you know, doing these things that were unheard of Mm -hmm. naturally to someone who is an intellectual and someone who has been so pursuant of just knowledge and loves the ability to create, making a city that appealed to her. That's why the, the her thirst for power became so large because it Ooh, just it's never enough. Large. It's never enough. So once she once baby girl knew like, <laughs> nigga, I can make Sheila City. <laughs> what? And then the way she always had a plan B. She said she uh, when she was talking about how they were trying to kick them out of the city, and she was like, but we were a little smarter. And she started talking about how they had bought all that damn property. Mm-hmm. And she was saying how she knew, well, if they can't do that, then we'll just take antelope, bitch. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, like, <laughs> all of that, everybody just had their own reason for being involved in this. And when you look at it through that lens, it takes away the purity of the moment. And it just is sad, almost. Like, I felt sorry for the people who had become those devotees. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And completely dedicated. To all. And when everybody was telling their story, well, I come from this background and this is what my life was. And they were so successful but so unhappy. And what appealed to and them? And that's the hook. Bam. And let's, let's obviously, let's start with the the amazing aspects of it because, honestly, you can't deny the fact that these people... So it starts with... Uh, Remember Osho initially had a different assistant. Mm-hmm. I forget her name. Ma, I forget what her name was. Um, but she... Sheila got that ass up out of there. <laughs> she, I'm trying to... She did. She did. She was like, she can't do that. <laughs> right, because she... The, the she problem that was happening with Osho and his first assistant is that she was struggling securing the bag. Mm-hmm, <laughs> she right. could not expand... His ashram, he wanted to buy acres, he wanted more land because his goal was to have uh, a city with at least 100,000 people in it. She wasn't able to do so because India's laws are very stringent in comparison to ours, clearly. Um, So that's where Sheila was able to kind of come in and she told him, I'm going to look into the United States, Mm -hmm. travel there and see, did she go for school? Yes. Right. That's how she was able to kind of infiltrate. She went there for school and was kind of able to scope the situation. Had a man and everything. Had a man and everything. And and then she got him all those acres in Oregon. Beautiful land. It is incredible to think of what those people pulled off. They created an airport. What? They created a two-story mall. Hospital. Hospital. Police station. All kinds of jobs. The, fact that they became the part, homes. The dams. Everything. I and mean, then when she was talking, I'm sorry because I did not no, mean to no, cut no, you this off, is but good, when yeah. she was talking about, she was like, we literally brought this land back to life. She was like, there's nature. The wildlife, there's wildlife came back. I mean, it was undeniable. And that's the part where I say that as much as I'm struggling, <laughs> I still see the beauty. The beauty in what the intention was yeah. is just what humans are going to human. Right. Damn. <laughs> and yeah. wherever there's power, wherever there's massive change like this, something always gets fucked up because ego always gets in the way. It never fails. Because honestly, that initial part of the commune was, it was great. fascinating. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, 
the the shit that humans can do if they put their mind to it. Right? And then they had architects, they had lawyers, so they were covered on all grounds and all bases. You had Madonna up there at some at one point, not the real one, but whoever that <laughs> yeah, woman not was. The real one. <laughs> when you know the Hollywood Sinyasins and she mm-hmm. she eventually became the girl. Yeah, like uh, she was the wife of the guy that directed the Godfather, I mm-hmm. think. When the Hollywoods came in. Yes, the Hollywoods. And, you know, and that was a turning point because even Sheila, she was so fearful when the Hollywood people who obviously are going to start being drawn to this new city. They're like, what is this? You guys created this from scratch. Uh, and Sheila was saying that she was fearful because she knew that if uh, Osho started seeing what Hollywood brings in the form of material wealth, like the cars, the Rolls Royces, the Rolexes, uh, trips, drugs, which is what Hollywood represents. She was like, I knew he was going to want it. Mm -hmm. And that was a mind fuck in that moment. One thing I will say about Osho, from his studies that I always was aware of, and what actually drew me to him, I have to be transparent, is that he was never, like, a monk. He was never a Buddha. He was never trying to be this, like, unattainable figure. He was almost like a problematic... (laughs) A problematic fave in the spiritual community. And you know what? As someone like me who, coming from, you know, the hood and kind of coming into that world, the Buddhas and the Gandhis, even though they're Gandhis problematic, but all those... Uh, roles felt very unattainable. You know, it felt like, ooh, I'm going to have to come back a couple of lifetimes to reach that level of clarity and peace and mental wellness. But he was, something about him was so real. Like, he was like, <laughs> he's a fuck Spiritual <laughs> Something about him was so real. He was like, I want real. money. Yeah, <laughs> diamonds, cars. Like, why shouldn't I have that? And it was very like, I'm not I'm not trying to have you guys out here starving. I'm not trying to have you guys out here being perfect. Like mess up, but then look at the mess. Examine it. You know, he just felt very real mm-hmm. and honest. Obviously, I didn't know all of these aspects, but so when I saw the Rolls Royces, it made me laugh because I was like, he is too much. Pulling up, you hear me? You know, he had diamonds on his hat. You Pulling saw up <laughs> and just get out smiling, silent. Ain't even got to say nothing and the shit going down. <laughs> now, was it a master class in being a player from yes. the Himalayas? Literally from the Himalayas? <laughs> yes. 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 Okay. But that still was something that was fascinating to watch. And... I don't know. I think part of the appeal to like black people was his name. Here we go. <laughs> I'm just saying, like Osho. But he wasn't Osho till the end when they had to change it. I know, but like we read he was it. You know what I'm saying? And, and even you know even back And you know what? I kept trying to give him like this ain't the real Osho because they kept calling him back when I was like, they about this to tell me. <laughs> I was like, there's about to because you know how they started it in that oh, first no. one. <laughs> They started oh, no. in that first one when they were talking about, now I understand the people that acted, they might not have been the ones that originally lived in the commune or whatever. And I was like, mm, see, so this ain't really about Osho. Like in the first one, I tried to. It's true. Your then, brain will do that because even me, I was like, oh, uh, Sheila's the one that was like killing people. He probably didn't even know. Like my brain was trying to resolve it to like justify why I should still love him and respect him. When they found all them secret tunnels and stuff, like, damn, Sheila had him laid out. She was ready. (laughs) Sheila said, we ain't going to be no victims around here. Up in in here, up Up in in here. here. (laughs) Or or down here, or down under that, or down under that over there. But I was looking... hot tub down there. (laughs) 
And you know the saying, drank the Kool-Aid, where that comes from, right? From, um, what's his name? The guy. They, Jonestown. The, the, yeah, the mad suicide. Right, yeah. from the Jonestown cult, where he literally made 900 people drink a Kool-Aid that poisoned them all once they were being discovered. So, just even the words that we'd be using, we don't even know. But, um, okay, so I, of course, was looking up, because I was like, there have to be predisposing factors to why certain people would be attracted to a cult. Oh, you know what sorry. I mean? That just hurt. That Did you that said hit that you? word. Why? Because you know, I didn't want to believe it was a cult. You know, at the end, like on the last episode, <laughs> we when... gotta let go. Something. Sorry. Okay. We gotta All let right, go. Gotta go. After on, y'all man. saw that. <laughs> Y'all saw the footage. I don't want to talk about the footage. We all seen the footage. You got on the red. It's making me I know. remember. So, and no. Nike. But like, <laughs> oh. oh, no. But, like, when I saw the footage of everybody, and, and it's, it's it gets so tricky because you don't want to be disrespectful to, like, anybody's practices mm-hmm. or belief systems whatsoever. Right. Sometimes you see things that are a little difficult for you to understand, though. And so, like, when I saw the um, the people who were meditating and then releasing through, like, making the noises and, and the, the rhythm of the bodies yeah. and all that stuff, that, for me, would have been, like... I mean, you guys know me. <laughs> like, that, That for me, would have made me, like, I mean, yeah, that, that definitely looks like a, oh, hell no. Nah, I would have hit it. Like, when I, when <laughs> I, I saw I don't that understand. video... I, didn't understand, I wouldn't understand. You know what I mean? Right. Even if I was appealed or attracted to a lot of the other concepts... Once I got to that part, right? You know how like on video games when you beat like level one, you know what I'm saying? Then you fight Doctor Robotnik, <laughs> you know, and then you move on to the new world. Once I would have got to that level of the game, I think my character would have been like, "Dum dum doom." But if I would have <laughs> been at home watching it on TV and that commercial came on or mm-hmm. that film or whatever, mm-hmm. I probably would not have been interested and never thought twice about it ever again. Yeah, because when I saw it on that on the film, I was like, "This does not." Look- I just seen it in person. Yeah, and like feeling the body heat in the room and stuff like. All right. You know what I mean? It was a totally different experience. So, like, I for me, that would have been what would have made me be like, oh, I can't do this, y'all. And, I mean, I was reading a couple of articles. A, a lot of the people who laughing? have... Because <laughs> I'm just thinking about it. laughing. <laughs> a lot of people who have who left the commune mm-hmm. and were able to, like, have written books about it. There's tons of articles online. And they were sharing their experiences with that therapy mm-hmm. practice that he would do that was like a release therapy where he just wanted people to yell and scream and kind of release all of like the demons that they were carrying and and to do it in a very liberated way where yeah. it was like completely uninhibited if you need to hit someone <laughs> hit someone say, see, why people always fight? yeah if you and but that's what's so interesting because i had watched a couple of clips from that elsewhere and it always it's just interesting the human condition because it always starts off with people kind of being a little nervous to like let go and first they're naked so that's already like but you know that's the first level of like let me get through this and then he um, encourages people to yell like yell out everything you've been through like let it go yell just yell it out and there's people who are a little bit like shy about it and then the one person that like yells out (laughs) and everyone feels free and comfortable then it just turns dark after a while and it's interesting that that is what happens there's the person that starts yelling a little too hard and gets in your face and then wants to mush you and then it turns into a punch and then it's a kick and then everyone sees this happening they feel freer 
to act on what they really want to do and then it just turns super dark and violent which is the clip that we saw in mm-hmm. the documentary where they were like literally beating each other's asses in this room okay. yeah in the article I was reading um, I believe it was on Vulture about it they had a huge breakdown about it and they oh and it was another website called The New Republic they had like a huge article I mean it took me like an hour to read it um, they had a, a woman speaking on it and she said that in one of the rooms it was 18 people and she said it, it was 18 people in one room. And she said it was the scariest experience <laughs> she'd ever been through. Because imagine 18 no. people in a room unleashing everything they've mm-hmm. ever been through in their life. You know? And it just became very dark and dangerous very quickly. So that part, I'd heard about his uh, therapies being rather unconventional. <laughs> so that part, and that's the part where I'm saying, like, there are aspects of Osho's teachings right. that I was like, okay, that wouldn't be me. Right, right. <laughs> like, but it doesn't mean that you don't identify with like you the said, parts that that I do connect with. But that's what that I'm saying. Your life. But that's the part that becomes Hard. difficult because we live in a culture and society where you can't accept someone's good side if they are also exhibiting these really, really dark sides. It's not allowed. Then you look like you're an apologist because I'm not an apologist. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not apologizing for him. I'm not trying to save face. I literally am conflicted because every book of his that I've ever read was so beautiful to me. And it still is. I, it's like, I, how, how do you not see the dark side but also the good side? You know what I mean? It's so hard. That's this what is I was like, trying to get y'all understand. This is a ninja training for me. Baby. It's important. No, I'm just, I thought you was going to say about stepping the name of love. Because <laughs> it's the exact same thing. Like, see? for real. Let's talk about it. Oh, All right. It's the exact right. same thing as far as, like, R. Kelly's music. Y'all know, black Americans, <laughs> those songs have been a part. This is for real, too. I could crack culture. a whole bunch of jokes right now, mm-hmm. but I'm really not. Like, that's been such a huge part of, like, pivotal moments, like his music. And so when you go to these traditionally, you know, black cultural, you know, events, and you hear the music, what do you do? You're going to dance to the song now that you know what you know. Right. You know what I mean? Is it okay for you to like his music and jam to it? It's a very personal decision. And most importantly, you can't pay for his concerts no. because you're paying for his lifestyle. To be able to do to these continue. things. Right. So that's what I'm saying. It's like, ugh. And also, obviously with R. Kelly, he is so ingrained in our culture. Like 12 Play, I remember mm-hmm. being young, listening to all of them, which is kind of gross if you think about it in hindsight. <laughs> Definitely in middle school, listening to <laughs> "Feeling on Your Booty" and the remix "Submission." Oh Lord, oh, this yes. you don't know, but um, now, but with Osho is different because that was like mental, spiritual mm-hmm. development, you know, and and that's the part that does get tricky. And I'm sure there are people who have experienced this, like your pastors, your preachers, you know, even your therapists or your parents, like people who had such vital roles in your life, crucial developmental roles and then you find out some crazy shit about them (laughs) i know somebody who their pastor had a drug addiction Mm. um, that came forward and like a large number of the church left they stopped attending church stopped supporting him whatever and he never left his position he stayed in the pulpit and the person still goes to that church to this day 
and the congregation has changed, but it eventually grew bigger than it was originally. Mm -hmm. So I think sometimes it just depends. Like, it's hard. You know what I mean? What do you do when, just like you said, when you have this spiritual leader who you've looked to literally to craft, like, your makeup? You know what I'm saying? Like, who you are as a person. For help with that, what do you do when they've made a mistake or a decision that you may not, I don't know, agree with? Yeah. What do you do? To me, you lean on the principle. Like, in your position, friend, these things have been, like, life-changing for you. Your life will remain changed no matter what. Right, it's already been stretched. Yeah. yeah, and that's why I'm, like, in a way, I think it's been, this is ninja training for me. We're going to keep going Same. through these changes. <laughs> yeah, in life, period. I mean, I think this isn't the first time I'm going to experience this, nor is it going to be the last time where you're going to put someone up on a pedestal because of maybe what you've learned from them, what they've done for your life. And then you might find out some crazy shit and have to look them sideways and be a little bit conflicted on how you should approach your relationship with them. That's tricky. That's hard. But this is good. This That's why when people were tweeting me, people were cool about it. Like, people were like, oh, did you see it? I can't wait to hear your thoughts. But there were a couple people that I could feel were like, trying mm, to start something. Yeah, like, oh, so you trying to put me on to a cult leader? <laughs> it's like... And it's like, um, I wouldn't run away from that conversation. You know, it wasn't something that I was going to, like, ignore. Like, I'm like, no, let's have this conversation. This is actually really invaluable. This is a teachable, I sound like the internet, this is a teachable moment. (laughs) But it's valuable because it's a really important question. What do you do when someone who changed your life has a, a really dark side that you don't find out till after you've already been stretched, you know? The principles didn't do anything. No, and honestly, he was channeling. Right. You know, and you didn't do anything, more importantly, because you didn't introduce anyone to those behaviors or you didn't introduce anyone to To any of his concepts or any of that (laughs) shit, knowing, you know, that those things were going on or whatever. And furthermore, you still, that was never what it was, what the conversation was about. Right. It was about these principles and these new ways of thinking that were beneficial to you and right. so you wanted to share that so that it could be a benefit to somebody else there's nothing wrong with that yeah you know and it, it also like the same thing that you received from it personally that does not change it's still the very same you still you know look at things through that lens right. so what really you know i mean yeah and honestly it's <laughs> What's up, bitch? You know what I'm saying? Like, like, ain't nothing, you know what I'm saying? I'm dead at that. Like, it's really nothing to, I mean, you know what I'm saying? This is, this is, this is, it's bigger than than just a simple, easy decision like that. And again, I just don't think that it's, it's not the principles that you are now, that you now have a distaste for. Right. It's him. Right, it's the human side of him. And honestly, I think that's the lesson in this, too. And you know what's funny? I remember me and Haas were talking one day, and she and we were talking about dating musicians who make beautiful music, right? Who, like, falling in love with people's music. And how the mm. danger in that is that we assume because they can channel these beautiful lyrics and melodies and concepts and words that it has something to do with who they are. No. And I remember she it inspired her and she tweeted, like, what made me think because he made beautiful music that he was a beautiful person? Bam. And I was like, whoo, <laughs> because... Bam. That's a tattoo. Because <laughs> 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 some people are able to remove their human enough to channel 
beautiful things. So when we connect to someone's work, we connect to that channeling, which, in my opinion, this is my school of thought, is God. You're connecting to the God in people. You're connecting to what they're pulling from their ability to connect with source, right? And that's what makes us high when it's that music that hits you that you're like, oh, God, like you connect to the story and the lyrics or a book that you read that you get attached to the characters and you want to cry at the end because you feel like you, you know, are losing your friends because you done with the book <laughs> you ever had that experience like yes you know what i mean books music shows that you get connected to and then you find out some crazy shit about the writer of the book or the director and it's like okay it's the human part of him that fucked this shit up but what he channeled what she channeled i still feel that and that's the part that gets very dark because it's like you can't even really say that out loud <laughs> like remember last week you were talking about xxx mm -hmm. and there's that panicky feeling of like mm -hmm. uh no he like beat some girl's ass allegedly you know we don't know what right. happened but that was the story that's going on and he's in jail i believe i'm not sure what the situation is because i haven't really been keeping up but then people were talking about his album that it's really good <laughs> and i'm like he channeled something to get that album but then it's the human side of them that we can't fuck with and so it's that's why i say this whole cancel thing it's it should be very nuanced because there's more to it than just saying fuck this person yeah just leave it for republicans it's, it's just <laughs> it gets easier when you have that meter in place right where you can say okay this part like amarosa easy cancel you know what i mean she's done things well, that were just, what does she channel that makes you feel good i don't know absolutely <laughs> Nothing. And so it's easy in those kind of situations. But, you know, I don't know, y'all, because, like, it's not. <laughs> I don't know. When you look at it and you say, well, I would not have been in, you know, the commune, you know no. what I'm saying? And I would not have been there. It's easier to just kind of be comfortable identifying with the principles and it's not personal for you. Right. So it really doesn't even feel like there's a decision that needs to be made, you know? And but, it should, and honestly, I think that's an approach for life. Yeah. Period. You know, it's a, it's what's a quote I tweeted one day: the art of being connected to everything and attached to nothing. Well. So I can extract what so I need. It's very hard, and especially in this generation, because people don't want you to do that. Everything is like fuck that, fuck that, fuck that. They did this, fuck that. But it's like I'm still gonna extract what I need to, and that's the reality of it. <laughs> I'm going to extract what I need to for my development, whether that, you know, but I will be more mindful. Like, let's say you brought up R. Kelly. I wouldn't go to his concert. No, yeah, right. <laughs> I wouldn't contribute to his lifestyle or his ability to do what he's doing with Osho. I'm probably not going to buy any more books of his. I can't do. And that's that's hard. That's hard for me. But I, I won't contribute financially. You know, I won't contribute by shouting him out or telling people like I used to I'm like oh my god you need this book and that's really still, difficult but if I still borrow some of your books <laughs> that's we, your it, choice that'll be our secret society of like underground OSHA books that's like putting my <laughs> Spotify session on private mode to go listen to some R. Kelly songs what if you put a book cover on it like back in the day, the little mm -hmm. paper bag looking yeah. one. You remember those? Maybe you tape them, fold them. Yes. Just put a book cover on them. That is funny. But you know what? Those of you listening, <laughs> and, and obviously this is the beauty of these conversations. We're doing it publicly, but you get to consider all of these layers in your private thoughts. And I want you to ask yourself, <laughs> how, do you, how do you cancel someone who changed your life? 
how can you see the good and bad in people? And can you continue to see the good once you know the bad? Mm. Or does that or is the, the dark coming in automatically cancel out the light? No. And is that fair? It's not fair. Um, and it's very possible to still see the good in people depending on what the bad was that you were exposed to. Mm, Some true. things, like, it depends. It depends on what it is. Some stuff you hear about, like, and it's unbelievable to even to, to fathom. You hear about people, like, becoming, like, sex offenders or things right. like that. You know, it's like, oh, my God, I never saw that side of that person, and, and I didn't know that they were capable of that. But it's easy to then say, no, thank you. Mm-hmm. But when it's something like this, I think it's just a matter of choice, ultimately, because mm-hmm. you're not supporting those behaviors. Yeah, you're not. So it's just up to you whether you want to be vocal about how much these beliefs and practices like impacted you. Right. You know, and if you want to share the good things that you extracted with other people, <laughs> that's your choice. Like shouting him out at award shows and shit. <laughs> oh, show. <sure. laughs> <laughs> but what I will say I appreciate about the doc is that you noticed they weren't taking sides. They showed nope. both That was sides. so interesting. I've never like seen that. a doc that's done that. And that was kudos to them that they kind of, it was like the equivalent of a documentary saying presented without comment. <laughs> like. Right. Here's just the the archival footage, the interviews from both sides. It's the people from the town, the people from the commune, the people who have left the commune, the people who still believe in him, his lawyer who was like couldn't stop crying every time right. he talked to you know, like that's what I mean. Like the effect that he has on people is just even seeing that. <laughs> I was pissed because all of this started in the first place because the people in um Antelope Mm-hmm. We're nosy. That's literally like why all this started, right? And I felt like they were mistreated, which they were. They were mistreating the the members, you know, of the cult. And honestly, it was say. it was a lot of anti blackness too, because the fact that it was run by these Indians, they hated that. And then it's white people being led by these Indians. The starting conversation this. immediately became, "Is this good for the? Co- I don't think this is good for the country." And you know, just the tone that people were taking about, well, we just don't know it. Without just, even knowing what, know yeah, it. when you know, they were they like, well, do you know what's here. happening? No, but I don't like it. It's just different than what we know, you mm-hmm. know, and they just, and so that for me, it kind of made me a little bit, um, you know, biased, I should say, when I was, as I was watching it. Initially, I was like super biased to the side of the members of the cult mm-hmm. because I just, I understand what it's like to be in that space. Right. But then once that door was kicked open and we began to learn more and more and more, it's like, God damn. They had a point. Yeah. <laughs> but they, but they, the reason why was still fucked up. You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. It was totally dripped in anti blackness because. They just didn't like Osho being the leader of all this right. shit and getting that town to look like that. You know what I mean? And what they created, this brown man coming in a Rolls Royce, creating airports and towns. And turning and water shit. into wine. <laughs> he making people happy and shit. You know? <laughs> and then the, where it really showed you the anti-blackness was when in the end you saw that it was purchased by a Christian uh, camp, which mm. literally is the same thing. Well, I shouldn't say it's the same thing because I'm sure they weren't doing Well, we don't know. But. We don't know that conversion therapy. But de- we, definitely another religious complex. Another religious, you know, compound. compound. <laughs> and it was interesting where the white man who was the mayor said, um, they're just better. You know, he was like, technically it's the same thing, but they're just better neighbors to be around. And why is that? Right. Because it's a white man that owns exactly. it. You know, literally you don't even know what's happening over there. So, just interesting. 
so much conflict. And so But much. these are the kinds of conversations that, while they're scary to have on the internet, because there's not really room for us as humans to really process our emotions, people will attack you for your emotions or for not having a position on certain things or not being clear on positions. But this is really a growing moment for me. And it's a good moment. Like, I'm actually... It's important, you know, because it, it really did astound me. Like, I was sitting there watching this, like, this is a man that has meant so much to me, and I'm watching him be petty. <laughs> like, just doing all these crazy things. And imagine things we don't know, you know what I mean? So... <sighs> I believe I believe him and Sheila did slide a little bit. <laughs> it was just too personal between them. Like, all that mud sleep, well, I guess it wouldn't be mud. It did seem like exes, right? Yeah, yeah, it was just like a little like I'm like that's somebody that It was very bitter, on. very bitter. He know a little bit more about Sheila, <laughs> right? Know. And Sheila know a little Sheila bit know more. Sheila a little bit more, <laughs> right? But, but I mean, they you never know. did it together, but they did it. Something, Something was done, <laughs> right? He's like, I, I I make it a point not to sleep with my somebody secretaries. released something. <laughs> Transference. Look, Sheila still got the last laugh. She's still wherever she is laughing. And in still the woods loves him. Uh, still. And still loves him because you saw she had the pictures of him on the wall. Mm-hmm. The new, uh, the new uh, initiative she created, where she has the older folks living in the home, kind of integrating a lot of his teachings. It, and that says a lot. That even with everything that they went through, <laughs> see she friends, still... see friends, two bombs. <laughs> <laughs> Sheila got turned out, baby. That's what that was. <laughs> Sheila said, never would have made it. <laughs> okay. I literally lost it all. <laughs> okay. But now she see. Oh, Lord. But, I mean, this is a life Damn, lesson, friend. y'all. I know, man. Y'all Damn. don't even understand watching that really. It's so hard. It's a very hard to come. Oh, no. <laughs> I was looking at my shelf, my Osho shelf, like, damn, <laughs> bruh. <laughs> Why you had to do me like that? Osho. Hey, Everybody Sheila. get your motherfucking roll on. on. You know what I mean? Had, had a man. <laughs> What's the line? <laughs> had a man last year. Life goes on. God damn. Man, never, words never been truer. <laughs> damn. All right, well. A lot to think about, but I think it's a valuable conversation. So those of you listening, we would love to hear your feedback on on if you've experienced that. You know, or maybe you're even someone who studied Osho's works and are going through the same. (laughs) Write in. Let us know if you thought your ass would have ended up in the damn commune, too. Right? We would have been bunkmates. (laughs) (laughs) Look, uh, I'm going to skip meditation today. I hear it get a little wild down there, all right? (laughs) What tripped me out was when they was browsing at the store. What y'all looking through everything? It's all the same stuff. Right. <laughs> when oh my I was God. in the clothing store right. browsing. When the guy was pushing the yeah. pants and like, they were all red. What you doing? Like, what like you doing? Like, you give people for? clothes every damn day. Like, yo, why did y'all you even know make your a store? size. <laughs> everything goes. Mm-hmm. Everything in here looks good. There's never been a more comprehensive set of separates <laughs> than the collection that was in that That part store. really yeah. did make me laugh, though, so I'm, I'm dead at you bringing that up. Your girl had me dying when she said, I would do anything for a turquoise sweater right now. She's <laughs> <laughs> all soaked out. Not as all soaked out. Well, girl. In the commune gift shop. <laughs> Try the again cult gift shop. Oh, the my cult. God. I know that cult hit me. No red mm. for me. Um, all right, so. Would be caught dead <laughs> in red. Hey, I'd rather be seen in green. green. <laughs> Why? Sorry, never mind. 
<laughs> Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <sighs> the Wiz. There was a black episode. It was on Viceland. That's it. Dead. Go on, friends. So... That's it. That's it for this week's hot button. That's it for our show that too. Apparently, <laughs> right? Buy wig for real. Damn. Chest wig. I ain't never seen nobody with a lace front chest. I'm just playing. That's what guy here, Tokyo. Guy. He had he had the money, Tokyo style. He ain't got Tokyo styles to lay that chest hair real quick. Okay. <laughs> Tokyo styles is on glam doing the chest hair wig. Like, all right, oh show, you should be all set. Later back this, one. I mean, this is later back one. <laughs> but you know what I will say? One last thing, and I think this is what has helped me. Sometimes the student will surpass the teacher, and. That's okay, and that's actually cool. Like, there are elements of him, and then no way am I saying that I'm more brilliant than Osho because I'm not even trying to go toe-to-toe with everything he learned. Or y'all get started. (laughs) Right. But when I'm able to see how his ego didn't allow him to push forward this beautiful thing he started, this beautiful intention, if anything, it makes me feel like, okay, you know, through his mistakes, I can kind of see how I can push forward. Mm. With the information I've integrated, but with where my ego is. Mm. You know what I mean? Where clearly it's in a much healthier place (laughs) because I think it was, uh, I forget who it was. Somebody was quoting that they are like 85% of the world is compliant. Their brains are literally like clay. Which is why I wanted to have this compliant series touching on everything from religion to authority Mm. to your peers to business even uh with china budgets credit like all the things that will make you go against doing what you want to do and with this i just ooh, even thinking of like td jake something got released of his remember i was telling you guys you guys know i love me some td jakes Mm -hmm. something got released of his on youtube of some girl that was like being manhandled at his church you know oh yeah didn't she jump she pulled a little mama right was what you mean? You know, like Lil Mama at the VMAs. Remember when she jumped on stage with Jay Z and oh, Alicia Keys? Yes, that's what the girl that's did why. in church, right? <laughs> that's I mean, you know, <laughs> listen, they had a whole play on Broadway. I think it was Broadway, or maybe it was the Chitlin Circuit, but it was oh. called "Your Arms Too Short to Box with God." So, what would make her think? That it was a good idea. You know what I'm saying? To jump up on to stage. jump up on, on that stage of all stages. If you ever gonna be taken down. <laughs> That's the place. But, you know, it's like things like that are going to happen with people that you admire. That's why sometimes I'm scared to be admired. I mean, I'm like, admire me, but, like, leave room for my humanness. Because things will happen. Things will happen. I'm going to say things. I'm going to do things. Everyone will. Like, you can't. And that's the best lesson, I think, out of all of this. Instead of me sitting here canceling Osho, it's just more so of a lesson of, like, humans are going to human. They may be brilliant, but they're still human. I mean, oh. it's funny that we did this whole series because even watching this, you know, the whole social uh, architecture came up, watching and thinking about Facebook and them doing the little right, pushes. Just all these... Com- so then to watch Osho and see them doing it, you know, with the pills and the beer and all that shit, I was just like, wow. And 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 a spiritual guru or your preacher, your pastor is someone that you almost feel, like, free and safe with. Like, you're the one corner of the earth that while Facebook is doing this to me, <laughs> social media is making me feel this way, my boss, you're the one corner of the earth where I can, like, take off my armor. 
you know, and, and be free and feel like that. And so when you hear things yeah. like that, it's like, oh, my God, okay, not even in the house of God. Because <laughs> like, then you wiretapped. <laughs> Right, that part was crazy too. Is Osho that was a no show? Oh my god! Hmm. So you know, it's just oh, but what I was saying was that they were saying that eighty-five. There was a study that was saying eighty-five percent of people have brains that are kind of clay-like, where they'll be compliant based on these different factors. And even and a lot of the factors. I told you guys that I was looking it up to see like what would make those people who Croy. I think Kim and her family are 85% of most people because she has so many children. Oh, my God. Like, so I definitely believe they're the majority. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, friend. There's a 10% of people like an Osho who know this about people. He, he studied the human condition. He knows the psychology. He knows the science. Think of all the stuff that we've discussed on all these episodes. Even Mark Zuckerberg, his teams, mm-hmm. the nudge unit, yeah. that the book, where it's like some people just study the science of the minds and they know what to tinker with to get you to do certain things. Even the creator of The Push, Darren Brown. Like, this is what he does for a living, manipulate people to see how far Scary. humans will go. But then, apparently, there's a 5%, and that's the percent I'm trying to be in, <laughs> where... Your mind isn't clay. You're not part of the percentage that is observant of it and knows how to tinker with it to get what you need out of life and almost manipulate it to your advantage because luckily you are able to separate yourself from being clay, you know, claymation, for lack of a better word. There's a 5% that can see it without judgment, can see the 85, can see the 10, and just kind of step back and figure out what can I do to contribute. Where I wanna be. All right, we call them the five heartbeats. You trying to be on the five heartbeats. <laughs> so, you know, it's just something to think about. What percentage are you in? Are you part of the clay? Are you part of the manipulation? The nudge unit, we should say. Or are you part of the percentage that is just trying to do better? And it's scary because 5% against all of that mm. is a motherfucker. Welcome to my world. Mm. <laughs> but... The things that they were saying is a desire to belong, the inability to say no, being gullible, not having critical thinking so you believe what you're told, which is a problem of the internet. Uh, low, All day. <laughs> um, cultural disillusionment, like alienation, dissatisfaction with the status quo, which is what's sad because people that are poor, which is why the Scientology being in Harlem, things mm-hmm. like that fuck me up and piss me off because they know what they're doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they they purposely open in specific neighborhoods that they know that we're redlined. You know what I mean? And they're like, hmm. They feel angry with the situation they're in. They're the perfect people to fuck with their heads and tinker with the clay. Well, what they don't know is part of the reason Leah Remini's show was so highly rated was because black Niggas people been watching, watching it. Thank God. Okay. So good and that's luck how I was talking about it. A lack of self-confidence. A search for spiritual meaning ignorance of how groups can manipulate other people and lastly which is where i fall into is idealism looking for a utopia and believing that you can create it which Mm. is why all the stuff he made i was like oh my god until you know it got dark but anyways just something to think about something to consider and discuss amongst your friends and remember don't let your brain be that malleable we're having these conversations so you can be like damn let me strengthen my nose do I want to clay brain? Strengthen my yeses, strengthen my nose. Right. Do I want to clay my brain? Bitches and strengthen my. No, I'm just <laughs> 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 Oh, 
shit. Being able to travel to beautiful locals across the globe is a dream. But planning a trip, especially booking the right place to stay, can be a nightmare. It doesn't have to be when you use today's sponsor, Tripping.com. With Tripping.com, one search lets you compare every home from the world's top vacation rental sites in one place to find the best deal on your perfect vacation rental. Vacation rentals offer more, more privacy, more space for everyone under one roof, and more choices with fully stocked kitchens, extra bedrooms, and even hot tubs. All the comforts of home, and then some. Best of all, at Tripping.com, you can join the millions of travelers who find more savings with rates up to 80% less than traditional hotel rooms. This year, save time and money when you book the vacation home of your dreams with Tripping.com slash FriendZone. That's T-R-I-P-P-I-N-G dot com slash FriendZone. Find your perfect vacational rental today at Tripping.com slash FriendZone. Today's episode is brought to you by Casper, the sleep brand that continues to revolutionize its line of products to create an exceptionally comfortable sleep experience one night at a time. With three mattress models, the original Casper, the Wave, and the Essential, Mm -hmm. Casper mattresses are perfectly designed to soothe and cradle your natural geometry. Not to mention, the breathable design helps you sleep cool and regulates your body temperature throughout the night. And it's delivered right to your door in a small, how-do-they-do-that-sized box with free shipping and returns in the U.S. and Canada. But the best part is that you can be sure of your purchase with Casper's 100-night risk-free sleep-on-it trial. After all, you spend one-third of your life sleeping, so you should be comfortable. Like, I'm comfortable every night on my Casper mattress that I unboxed right in my living room and was this close to going live on Instagram to show everybody that I was indeed live all. (laughs) And I wanted everybody to see the unboxing of this mattress because it really is a spectacle and it's part of the experience. So if you get a Casper, make sure that you document your experience unboxing it. Hashtag the friend zone so we can see it. It's a great thing and it's part of the fun and the magic of getting a Casper mattress. So you can get $50 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com forward slash friend zone and using friend zone at checkout. That's Casper.com slash FriendZone, offer code FriendZone, for $50 off your mattress purchase. Terms and conditions apply. So that's it. Let's jump into this week's wellness segment. Well, 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 well. (laughs) It's back this week. Okay. So while you try to figure out what percentage you're in. (laughs) I'm in the Jackson 5. (laughs) Okay. Something to consider uh, is what you're doing to... To work on, you know, your relationships with your family, whatever it is that's making you not feel good, making your mind open to being gullible, uh, whatever may be affecting your inability to have these strong nose, to have a strong sense of self, self-confidence, self-esteem, all those things that are affecting you. What I've always said, and this is not an Osho teaching, is that you <laughs> need to spend a lot of time by yourself. Mm, Isolation. Word aloneness is very powerful in trying to figure out who you are. You have to turn the noise off. So an app, we haven't talked about apps in a long time. I actually wanted to check in with you guys and ask if there are any apps that you guys have been using that have been helping you kind of stay calm or no? Do you guys not really do the app game when it comes to like mental health or anything like that? I play Bubble Cloud. (laughs) I mean, hey, 
Oh, that's cute. For real, like my when I'm on the way somewhere, my my mind starts racing, or I just get really stressed out, and I can't even focus on the music I'm listening to. So I just play a game on my phone, and it calms you down. Mm-hmm. And you're a gamer, right? So that's because I'm like, I need to focus. So let me just focus on this game, just that, and I kind of clear all the other noise. Yeah, the VH1 app <laughs> helps me for real because everybody's got their their ways. For real, <laughs> you know, and sometimes the escapism component is necessary for me. So just being alone in a quiet room. You know, I'll be the, I gotta get out, I can't take it, gotta get out, I gotta get out! I can't take it, <laughs> I'm not comfortable, I'll start acting, never mind, I was about to crack a terrible, oh, terrible no. joke. But, uh, <laughs> he's laughing because he already knows. Oh no. But, um, yeah, the VH1 app, you can watch clips from like, you can go back, you know what I'm saying, there's a lot of old clips, but there's things there that give you just enough of a moment to escape and get that good laugh in. To center yourself and come on back in to keep boxing. So humor is your medicine. There you go. So I like you got that. gaming, you got humor, mm-hmm. and you guys know I'm gonna bring in the peacefulness. Mm-hmm. So there's an there are two apps I wanted to tell you guys about. One of them is called Budify. And I love it because it's actually for commuters. Mm. Um you know, sometimes when you're commuting to work, that can be when you're most anxious. Maybe you have deadlines, projects, or you're just, like, not in the headspace to really be in the office. Whatever it is, long flights, before a meeting, hustling through the cities. What I love about the Budify, and that's B-U-D-D-H-I-F-Y app, is that it gives mindfulness, like, a modern metropolitan edge. It has these bright graphics. Look how cool it looks. Oh, yeah, that color wheel. Yeah, the the color wheel. Um, What I love about it is that it's based on what you're doing that you click. You see how the color wheel, it has a section that says can't sleep, going to sleep, pain and illness, at home, walking in the city, feeling stressed, being online, in a waiting room, going through difficult emotions, just walking through the park, work, break, eating. You know, like it has all these different... So many, too. So many options based on what you're doing. And what it'll do once you press what it is that you're doing, that you're looking for like some peace in that moment, and it'll give you options on different meditations, uh, breathing exercises to kind of help you within those small increments of time, which is really nice. I use it a lot on the train because anyone that takes the train in New York City, you know you never know what story you're going to get when you jump on the train. Everything from the Showtime dudes that almost kick Showtime. you in the face every time. Every time. It's like, you are too close? You are, like, your foot is right by... <laughs> right. Go! The kids selling candy for the basketball team that you know does not exist. Right. You know, it's just always something. There's always someone stepping on someone's toes. It's just a mess. So I love to pull up the Budify app. I will say it's uh, $4.99. Mm-hmm, I just spent it. Uh, right? <laughs> but it's worth it because a lot of times the meditation and mindfulness apps will have in-app purchases. Even though they'll be free, but there'll be hella in-app purchases for you to unlock a lot of the meditations, which kind of defeats the purpose. Right. But what I love about paying $4.99 up top, is, up front rather, is that you're going to get the app in its entirety and access to everything that you need. So Budify, you guys, definitely check it out. And then the second one is called Will. W-H-I-L. And it's a free version. Oh, damn. <laughs> That's a cute way to spell will, too, p- uh, parents-to-be. Oh, my God. That's cute. <laughs> that would be cute for a little girl name. Like, if your oh, name is Oh, that is kind of cute, will though. Cute. Like Willa. Willa mm-hmm. Ford. Was that her name? I want to be back. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's actually created by the founders of Lululemon. 
And it's similar. It has like traditional guided meditation practices. But what this one has is it has yoga sessions. Mm. So maybe you're in the break room at work and you feel that tension bubbling up in your chest because someone ate your lunch or you have a deadline or whatever the case oh, may happen. Okay. <laughs> and you want to get a quick stretch in. <laughs> Y'all are hilarious. <laughs> windmill. Get your windmill in, in that break room. <laughs> What I like about the Will app that's different from the Budify is that with this one, you actually put in your mood. So if you're like feeling anxious, you know, feeling happy or energetic, or maybe you need some energy, maybe you need some peace, maybe you need relaxation, whatever your intention is and the amount of time you have to spare, you can put that in and it will create a session for you that will help you within that time frame. Mm-hmm. And I have both of them. Um, and I, it's great. I think it's a really awesome. And also, you know what? If you are someone who owns a company, I actually suggest going to Will's website because the program actually creates content for businesses, too. Like, they can come in and do mindfulness sessions, whether it's, you know, yoga, meditation, guided practices. They create those for your companies. So, or maybe you're someone, an employee who notices that like office politics are kind of killing the vibe and you feel like someone should come in and help you guys out. Check the website, bring that to your boss and be like, I think this would be awesome for office morale. So a lot of options just to kind of help us not be claymations. <laughs> for real. Because that's the goal with this show. And they're right there on your phone. And right there on your phone. So definitely take the time out to check in with yourself and not be compliant all day with people because we don't want to be in a commune. But that's it for this week's wellness segment. Now let's jump into what's the music, man. I'm actually really excited because a lot of good music came out. And my own Rolls Royces. <laughs> I don't want to be worshiping you for yours. Okay, yo show. <laughs> no, yo show. Show time. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of show time, oh, a lot I'm of hurt. crazy, awesome things happened in music since the last we spoke on the show. Uh, one Cardi B has dropped her album. Invasion of Privacy out now. And it is good. It's good. Great Um, job. Cardney, Cardney. Cardney. Cardinal B. Because you know I was about to call her Cardigan. You know, I was like, I'm a Cardigan. (laughs) Um, And then the Cardigans. The Cardigans, love for. We always do that song. Um, Cardi B dropped her project. uh, Highly anticipated. uh, Been on the nonstop track. What songs have... Okay, so what songs have you been listening to the least? I should start with that. The least, ooh, I'm not, I'm not going there. Cause. Well, I feel like the, well, it's only really you're only listening to them the least because you have ones like that you others more. Exactly, that's really the only Look at reason. You trying to manipulate no, for real, because it's that good of an album. For, for real, I feel like every track that Cardi did on the album was good because. Not for nothing, every track was, like, done. Like, it was, like, not that she didn't do it, but every every track, like, was done some way, somehow. So it was kind of like she just had to put her cardi on it. So I think she did a good job of doing that for a lot of these songs, and I'm not disappointed. I even said through, I let Bodak Yellow play through. I did, That's too. probably the least, <laughs> that's the song I play the least on the album. Oh, yeah, true, because we've heard it so much. But I let it play through as the album was playing the first time. Fuck it. I was jamming. You know what I'm saying? And Look, it's number four. God won't let me answer. <laughs> oh, man. 
It's because I'm downloading the app on the Wi-Fi. I had to get over because it was over 150 oh, megabytes. So. Literally, it ain't God. It's load. me stopping you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I got. I paid $5 for this app, friend. I can't stop it. So, you know, you're going to load in a second. I'm sorry. I like every other song on here. I, it's a great project. Yeah. I can literally let it play from top to bottom without interruption, which I haven't been able to do for a minute. How about I sing my favorite? Okay. <laughs> Go ahead, friend. I love Drip Drip. Yes. Drip Drip. Can't do Drip Drip. Drip Drip. Can't do Drip Drip. Drip Drip. Drip Drip. Ice. It's an amazing song. Is it just me or is Offset saying came through Driven? Something in there is different. I was like, he ain't saying dripping or is is that not? He's saying driven, right? The good thing is music <laughs> is art. And art is up for interpretation. So, damn it, what do you hear? You I know swear, know y'all, listen back. And he's saying came through driven. I'm Drip, hearing a drip. beat. <laughs> came through driven. Ice. And I love um, Bicken Head. It's fucking dope. But I love Get Up 10. That's up my, yeah. Because that's just a moment. Like, I feel like she's getting it off her chest. Her like, you track. know, and I love that she came out the gate with that because... I was actually surprised. I was like, Cardi is rapping. Like, she's not playing with you right now. And I That's... love that. That was her track. Like, that was her, like, don't tell me I can't rap track. The rest, I think, were fun party tracks. But that was, like, her moment to shine, I think, as an artist. Um, so I love that. Um, I wish my thing would load so I could see what the rest of the songs were. Money bag. I like money bags. Money bag is a money bag. Money bag. Money bag. Oh wait, the joint with YG. She bad. 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 I could buy she designer versus fashion over fit. That ass. That, ass. <laughs> <laughs> that song Whew. is crazy. There's um ring featuring Kalani. You know what? I I have to say I really like it. Mm-hmm. I really do. I can relate. I've been there. <laughs> I so, think everyone has. So if we take Kalani off of it, who's seeing the hook? <laughs> I love her on it, but I'm, well, of course we do this. Like if we if we switch Kalani out, right? Who 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 are you go, who, who are you thinking? I want to know who he gonna say. I don't even. I'm just asking. Like, who do y'all think would sing the hell out of that chorus? Like, who else that's relevant and current? Because personally, like. I don't know. I just feel like maybe we could have switched like her and SZA on those tracks. Don't I was me. about to say that. That's crazy. On everything, I was going to say it actually would have been dope if that was SZA's hook. Yep. I feel like SZA would have laid that. Kalani she did. Don't get me wrong. That like, avocado, she did and it would have been. Mm. It would have been good. Mm. Yeah. What do y'all think about the SZA track? I love it. I do. You do. Hmm. Hmm. I do, I do, I do. It's a good Uber song. Like when you when you ask if the Uber <laughs> driver got an aux cord, it's a good song to play first. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because it gets everybody. It's a sing along. I do, mm. I do, I do, I do. I do, I do. What about the Chance record? Oh my God, love it. Best life, love it, love it. What she say? Um, showing y'all the real me. Uh, hair when it's fucked up, crib when it's filthy. I was like, yeah, Cardi. <laughs> like, it's some moments I'm on there, y'all. I'm telling you. Like... Yeah, she's like, I never had a problem showing y'all the real me. Hair when it's fucked up, crib when it's filthy. I was like, ooh. So, yeah, I like that part. 
Get Up 10, you know, I love a celebratory underdog, you know, story of the struggle song like that. It's so reminiscent of Dreams and Nightmares by Meek Mill and First Day Out by T Grizzly. I love that style of song. Get Up 10 just makes me feel like getting up 11 times. <laughs> so, y'all really don't like um, uh, I do, do you? I actually really do. I just like it as a song, but not in the word, okay. Either so, you do or you, I mean. Oh, I do. I do, but it's, but it's not because of Cardi. I just really think it's a really cool, catchy hook. And, mm-hmm. and, and me and Alex actually had this conversation over the weekend about the whole Cardi project. And, you know, from her words, which I agree with, a lot of it seems like fill-in-the-blank rap, which is cool. It's not that I look to Cardi to be to be like, like I can't, a lyricist. Yeah, like I can't wait for this Cardi project to come out because I know she's this type of bitch. She's gonna do this. Like I didn't give her a whole lot of expectations, and with what she put out, she did a good job executing the album. So I I fuck with that. Um, the SZA track, I really like SZA, and I like how she does and you know what she's saying. And I think that SZA's always been one of those people I like that do R and B rap collaborations anyway. So I think if I heard the I Do track with a different rapper, I would probably like it even more. Not that Cardi didn't do it, a, did a, a disservice or anything, but you know that's a catchy ass tune that like Drake could have been on, and you know he because he do whatever he like he do. You know what I'm saying? Like anybody could have came on that and really like fucked it up and made it like th- that summer bop. But because it was Cardi, it was like you know she already has this album full of dope ass samples and cool ass other shit. So you get to the song with her and SZA, it's kind of like, all right, well this is cool, but you know because you do whatever you like and it's the last track, so this is still fun. But we've already had so much fun with you the rest of this album. So I see a lot of people not liking the track, and I feel like that's why. Yeah, I feel like if maybe it was somewhere else on the album, it would have placed differently. Because a lot of people told me that when they heard "Be Careful." After that, they were like, okay, be careful. I like it more after I really after like it now. It was just so funny. I mean, exactly. I, I didn't hate it when it came out. Right. It, I liked it, but it was just, it, ha- it definitely had to grow on me. It's not a single. Like, that's but why I was think so that's what it was. Like it was like, this is weird for a first single, but I do like it. Now, especially within the project. Right. Makes perfect sense. I now. like it a right. lot. Yeah. It's a good project. It I is. was actually, to be honest, I was pleasantly surprised. I didn't know what to expect. <laughs> Um, Because, you know, we and I always said Cardi's a star. She has the energy. She has the look. She has the personality. Obviously, she's so funny, the comedic timing. What I felt was missing was that she needed a vocal producer to keep her in pocket with Mm. the raps. Mm. You know what I mean? she wouldn't sound like she was reading off of a paper. Well, no, I mean, she's this is what most people don't know. Studio is hard. You could be like an incredible Mm. singer an incredible rapper, you get in front of that mic and and that beat drops and your timing, you listen back like, fuck. (laughs) Like, it it can go to shit and you don't even know why. It takes a lot to catch that natural rhythm of studio life. And I felt like with her mixtapes and the first ones, she never sounded like she had really grasped it. But this project, yo. She's in pocket to me. And I saw some people saying they felt that she wasn't, but I'm like, I felt she was. She still has to give her her personality and her accent, you know, and the way she says things. She's going to fall back on certain parts. I loved it. I think she did a great job. Whoever um, vocal produced it, I don't know if it was Offset or someone on her team, but... Jesus. <laughs> she sounds great to me. You're not going to like what I'm about to say. What? You didn't You didn't think so? I, she sounds cool. But if you wanted to get for a real vocal producer, uh-huh. it should have been whoever worked with that little white girl. Who would Bob? Yeah, Bobby? and I'm not saying I'm, I'm a so fan. Tired of her, of her name coming. I'm not saying I'm a do. fan. It's just <laughs> fucked up. It's just fucked up that you have somebody like that 
and clearly she is not writing that shit. But like she is. What's like, she doing? But I'm saying she, when she's spitting them lines, she's like in the pocket. And it's like odd to see this white girl really spitting like this. And that's why it's like, you know, this bitch is not, she did not write this shit clearly. But when she's doing it, it's almost like she making it seem like she really is about all that shit. And it's kind of like crazy. <laughs> so when you hear somebody like Cardi, who you know is about that shit and be doing that shit, and then they, it's not translating well sometimes. That's why people will be like, nah, like she ain't really hit that. And I can see that. I'm not saying it makes it fair or right, mm-hmm. but it, a lot of that shit is always up for debate. But bad little girl is mimicking to me. Bingo. She, I mean, true. She's mocking black culture. So it's easy to mimic when she you don't have. Right. It's like I can, if it's me being in the mirror trying to rap like Trina. You know what I mean? Then I can just do it because I'm sitting in Trina's pocket. You know, that's easier. But I think Cardi's coming in trying to like hone in on her own sound. What is her delivery? Right. And that is a lot harder to develop. That takes True. time There's when no you're reference. not. Because you're, you're the reference and you got to develop it. You know what I mean? So but that's I why I think like... we have to be a little more forgiving because I don't think she's in mock phase. Granted, Bodak Yellow was uh, Kodak's rhyming right. and his cadence. It was somebody else's stuff. And you can tell what yeah. Offset on certain parts of the album definitely gave her like his rhyming patterns and stuff. So she's playing around with her sound and trying to find it. But I, but bad... <laughs> I can't even say her name. I feel like she's just mocking. So I can't... You know, it's a little bit different, I think. Okay. But I think... I mean, I was pleasantly surprised. I think the album is, is good. It's a fun party album. But I am curious to see what Nikki's about to put out. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna be honest, I think, and I'm not saying this because I think the out to me it's ridiculous to compare like a single to an album anyway. So the whole everybody's been from day one. I felt like the Nikki Cardi comparisons were unfair. Nikki has an entire empire catalog, all that shit. Yeah, Cardi was the new popular girl. So like, what the fuck? But. I think Nikki ain't about to play no games. That, but that's why I'm like, it's not even I a do. comparison thing because I don't think you can or should compare right, them. Exactly. I think everyone should be able to coexist and be amazing in their own right. But I low-key feel like this put a battery in her back. So I'm curious. This Chun-Li and Chun-Li, the Barbie. Chun-Li and Barbie Tings. Barbie Tings. That's Lord. what it's called, Barbie Tings. Are you excited? I'm curious. I am. I'm wondering what the sound is. I'm only very excited because I like to hear Nicki Minaj when she comes out with her music. So I want to know like what right. what she's going to give us. Like I like when she raps. So I really like when she did like looking ass nigga yes, and, Lord. like stuff like that. Her so, mixtape vibe when going back to that. And not for shit. Like if she was to come back to that, like I would I would love, you know, Chun-Li is a female, right? So Hopefully she not out here trying to beat all these other female bitches' asses because, you know, maybe, you know, Cardi could be the cami in the video. I don't know. <laughs> However we do it, I just don't want it to be the what it is now. You know, Nicki finna come slay Cardi. Like, right. no, Cardi's not got a bunch of hot energy. shit. Mm-hmm. Nicki's got some hot shit so we can hear them back-to-back in the club along with Drake and we can get all of our life. Like, so true. Like, I feel like if I can get a dope-ass Nicki track with Lil Uzi... And I can have Cardi mm. on the same playlist, and then somewhere down the road get a collab between everybody. That's what I want. That would be sick. It'd just be a summer of the women, yo, the women in hip hop. And even if it doesn't happen this summer, because I feel like Nicki is one of those people. I, we were have, talking all about this shit this weekend. You remember when Beyonce like wasn't? She didn't really give Nicki like that that you that bitch card yet. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like she was trying to prep her. Like, once Nikki got rid of them fucked up ass wigs, Beyonce was like, all right, <laughs> you can come be part of the thing. And then, you know, she started to see her in the videos and, you know, she did songs with her and stuff like that. I feel like maybe Nikki's waiting 
until Cardi can, I guess, be herself or do whatever she needs to do, and then maybe she'll give her that. Like, okay, girl, like, be awesome. come be on the team. But I haven't seen Nikki, and I hope she doesn't say like anything about these other bitches or anything like that. Because I just don't feel like being your son. She just don't have no reason to. No, especially she's amazing. With, especially with these new girls, because outside of Nikki having the new track, remember last week I talked about somebody, Saweetie, who came, you know, she dropped her project and she was shutting Ebro up because <laughs> she was on there and she freestyled and it was like, I don't know about this girl. But the project came out and the project was super dope. So I feel like all these females out, when Saweetie interviewed with um, Ebro, she was talking about how Nikki was one of those rappers she saw that was like, you know what, I could do this shit today. As opposed to it being like, oh, yeah, you know, I like all the girls from back in the day. They ain't making music no more, but I'm claiming they actually my person, so I can say that, you know, I follow somebody old. Like, she was like, you know, Nikki was one of those people. So I feel like Nikki could do something dope with Cardi and, and Saweetie or separately. Or, but just to say, like, you know, Trina, she does shit with everybody. That'd be sick. But I know Nikki's never going to be that girl to just do it with everybody. You never know. I mean, I hope so. Right. More than anything. But that's what I mean by I'm hoping this put a battery in her back. For me, it's not even a competition thing, but it's a like I gotta I gotta do my best, right? You know what I mean? Like everybody's out here right now, and I gotta do my best, and I, I'm excited to see what that looks like. I like Nikki. It's gonna be a good Thursday. Yes. I'm excited, and I cannot wait to hear Nikki's new music. I was very impressed. Cardi did an interview with Ebro, and she was talking about the the Nicki Minaj quote unquote beef, and she was saying how it's completely motivated by. Um, people's comments and like fans of hers, fans of Nikki's, right. whatever. Which always happens with women. Yeah, and and she was just basically saying how it's not even like that, and she wishes that all that talk would come to an end. So I'm I'm I think it's great that we got a new Cardi. Well, we got Cardi B's album, and now we're about to get new Nikki music, and hopefully other ladies drop new shit that's dope too. Believe it or not, the game of all people. He commented about this, um, and he made a lot of sense. He was saying how this is great for the female MC. He oh, was like, totally. We got all these releases. He was like, Nikki has her own lane. Cardi has her own lane. He was like, it's so dope that they both are, like, killing shit, mm-hmm. letting them live. You know what I'm saying? So some people that get it. It's some people that don't. And a lot of people just like that competitive, you know, energy. They like that's entertaining to them, so whatever. Some people just like mess. Yeah. My dream will never come true. Of what? what? Of looking ass niggas getting a remix and every rap bitch getting on there talking shit about niggas or, or something. Like, something like... Now would be the time. Like, that would have been the fucking shit. <laughs> like, Nikki puts out a song and then... You know what? The art of the remix. Let's just... I'm sorry. Please, for real. Bring that back. <laughs> we just don't do remixes the way that they used to be done. Like, I feel like there was excitement behind you releasing a track and then, like, a remix to a track. I don't remember and then the bad boy remix. Oh, <laughs> and then I need a bad girl remix. And then the bad boy remix. <laughs> I just remember that time where people were like annoyed. They were like, you know, why don't you just do the song right the first time? But then it was kind of like there was that excitement behind you having that original song by your artist because you know they make good ass music. But then seeing who they're gonna work with for that same ass song and what it would sound like with somebody else on it. Right. Even Sprite did a remix. Even Sprite <laughs> with the goddamn remix. Do people not really do remixes anymore? They do, That's but not I feel really like, a thing. I mean, they do, but. I I feel like a lot of the time it's the original track. Like Plain Jane. They just add a rapper. Right. Right. Like Plain Jane was the original and then they just added Nikki in there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So the beat doesn't even flip. It's just an added artist. No flip of beats. No like singer on there unexpectedly and then a a guest rapper or some shit. It's just all the same shit now because everybody's singing and rapping at the same time. And then everybody wants to be a little alternative too. So it's a whole bunch of shit. Dang. Bring back the the remix. remix. Yes. 
just like music videos, which have been great lately. Mm-hmm. Um, Those have been back. And before we even get over there, I only slightly mentioned Drake. We didn't even talk about Nice For What and how awesome it was. Song of the Summer. Um, I'm Ooh. not going to lie to you. I actually listened to Nice For What probably more than I listened to the entire Cardi album. And mm-hmm. I listened to that a lot. So Yeah, I've had it on repeat all day. <laughs> First of all, I love New Orleans and I love New Orleans Bounce. So immediately I was sold. As soon as I heard Big Frida's voice, like, I was like, oh my God. Frida and the Empire. <laughs> Frida, you, you already right know. Okay. Okay. So I just want to know if that's Frida. Chris, we love you. I just want to know if that's um, uh, who's the damn girl, the dancer? Uh, oh, in the part where it's like, "Watch the <laughs> breakdown." <laughs> yes, I did yeah. that too. I was like, "Tootie's on the record." Watch you the go. breakdown. I was like, "It's better be her." It sounded like Tootie to me. Too. Which would be so lit because I know she's about to have a bomb ass summer and okay. on the Drake track. That's me on Drake. Like, <laughs> watch the break. And then that beat dropping right after that. It's just a great song. And not only that, what he's talking about on the song is like amazing. He's giving us huge shout out to black women mm-hmm. and to women in general. Like the women, the video and the things that he's saying, like you got your phone out, checking all your angles. Hey. Snapping like you're Snapping like you're Fabo, but it's that all takes right. Me out. Yeah, you're showing off, but it's all right. right. It's a short life. That, man. And I've been keeping what you bring bringing to, to the, the table. table. Mm. You've been working hard, girl. <laughs> and then Issa in the boardroom. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about I do this. <laughs> Issa, Yara Shahid, Tracy Ellis Tiffany Ross, Haddish. Tiffany Haddish. Sid. Olivia Wilde. Letitia Wright. Yes. It was super dope. Jocelyn Hernandez. It's just a great video. <laughs> Lonnie Love. It's a great video. <laughs> Jessica Dime. Here y'all go. Bambi. Okay, Elite. <laughs> Coach D. He want, now, now, she would have been looking good as him in the video while you playing. <laughs> I love Coach D. Shout uh, out to uh, Dance. Dance Moms. Not Dance Moms. Bring it. Uh, what else have y'all been listening to? What else came out? I mean, Drake has had me held hostage. They really bodied the whole week. I mean, like, you know, Elton John actually has a new project that's really dope. It's called Revamp. Um, and he got a lot of artists to reimagine some of his classic hits. Of course, my girl Mary J. Blige is on there. She did a great cover of Sorry Seems to Be the Hardest Word. Um, Florence and the Machine did Tiny Dancer. Um, Alicia Cara did, I guess that's why they call it the blues. Coldplay did We All Fall in Love Sometimes. Elton John, Pink, and Logic did a version of Benny and the Jets. Um, Sam Smith did Daniel. So if you're an Elton John fan like me, You'll really love this album. And That's I know so sometimes the covers are weird, but like this one's actually <laughs> cool stuff. So <laughs> Q-Tip mm-hmm. and Demi Lovato. And shout out to my favorite song right now, which is on the um Trouble and Mike Will Made It collab album, Edgewood. Um my song is Come Through, number ten on there is Trouble, um, and The Weekend. And it's just it's the sexiest song out right now, and I love it. It's my favorite song. So check that out. What That's about it. you, Fran? Um, Sway Lee and Pharrell dropped a record called Chanel. Yes. And it's dope. Yes. Like, really dope. Sway Lee is, Sway Lee is it. Right? Real. Yes. I love it. The hook is tight. Um, They sound dope. I finally listened to The Weeknd, and I really like it. Mm. I really do. I didn't feel like being sad. I was saying that before, jokingly. But I honestly, he's just a cool feeling, so... His little melancholy self. But I liked it. Isn't the album for somebody? 
for Selena Gomez? Or? That's what it is. I mean, I don't know, but I'm, I'm assuming. I think, that's, I think that is what it is. I don't know the story behind it. I'm but. guessing because it's his ex. So it's about kids, kids, Bob. What is it? <laughs> and Kali Uchi's, uh dropped a, an album called Isolation as well. That's pretty tight. You should definitely listen to that. Um, the cover is pretty. I like the blue. Um, <laughs> I hate y'all so much. Um, and it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Cardi had on a Green Day t-shirt for her listening party. Oh, my God. So yes. cute, right? And, then they tweeted, and Green wanna... Day tweeted, we party party Green Cardi. Day want to party with Cardi, which was so... It was like a mash of my worlds because... At, all of us grew up on Green Day. And yes, playing, I would love to hear Green Day play that because I know that they would. Do you have the time <laughs> to, to listen to me whine about nothing and everything all at once? <laughs> Something unpredictable until the end of time. I hope you have the time of your life. So they are forever. So that was so awesome. Honestly, after that, I went on Etsy and got a Green Day t-shirt. But anyway, yeah. so I was like, Represent, oh my God, I want one. <laughs> but it made me go back and listen to Green Day, the oh, Dookie damn. album. So I just got nostalgic and that was awesome because I haven't listened to that album in a long time. So Dookie was my Green Day was amazing, y'all. <laughs> they were the Dookie album. The Let Dookie me album, right, right? That was my introduction to them back in the day, man. So that's what I was listening to this weekend, which is kind of funny. Shout out to Cardi for reminding me of that project. I mm. am one of those melodramatic fools. Neurotic to, to the, the bone, no doubt about it. it. Mm. Yeah, it's so dope. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's it. That's it for me. What about you, Dustin? <laughs> I didn't say it mine. He said oh. his. That's it for you? Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, <clears throat> well, I just want to quickly talk about a couple of different people. I talk. I listened to this guy named Odie. Um, I think I heard him initially on the OVO mix, and he has a song called North Face. But I listened to his whole project, and it's only 10 tracks, but it was amazing <laughs> from start mm-hmm. to finish. Uh, the first track is called Bliss City, and he just makes this, like, really cool vibe. You said OVO? Uh, well, his name is Odie, O-D-I-E. Oh. But he was on the OVO sound mix. Sick. You're not ready for this. Sounds like a lullaby. Oh, you know I love this. Yeah, he does all sorts of like cool shit. So, I mean, I think he's like one of those like R&B cool breezy like fuck boys though. <laughs> so, you know now R&B cool breezy fuck boy. Well, you know, th- there's like a sound, a category. There definitely is because you know you be listening to people be like, oh, you know that's that nigga he the shit, and it's like, oh wait a minute, he a fuck boy. Like <laughs> he's an Osho. <laughs> Osho. Oh no, he's an Osho. He's a Bugwan. Um, and I've also been listening to Porches. It's an alternative group. <laughs> They have this uh, album called The Houses, and this song is called Find Me. They make music like that. But I've been listening to like all like sorts it. of like. That's shit I clean my house to. I be jamming. Right. You know what I think about when I, I. All of this is my like in transition music. Like when I'm going places like to the airport, to the cab. Yes. So it's like that, mm-hmm. like, you know, passing by scenery music. Like mm-hmm. it's all I've been listening to. 
Outside of that, um, you know, Drake was also on the remix to Lemon. I listened to a lot of that. And <laughs> very randomly, there's this rapper, uh, Famous Dex. He dropped a project called... I love Famous Dex. Dex meets Dexter. The whole yeah. project goes off, like, from start to finish. I gotta I, listen I to kept it. Hearing I'm the not song, familiar. I kept hearing the song Japan Everywhere, because it's Japan, and I thought, you know, we have to know each other. And I listened to the whole <laughs> thing. And then there's another track called Celine. He has a track with ASAP Rocky called Pick It Up. I know you're going to love it, friend. Oh, I'm ready. But uh, here's Japan. Dexter. He's like what Lil Yachty's missing. He sounds like Jesse. Where's he from? Dexter. Okay. See? I'm sold already. And you know, you know when ASAP is on the beat? I can't even go to ASAP quick enough. You heard this? See, you know. <laughs> but you know. So imagine oh, when you hear ASAP the, on that. That's the one right there. Imagine when you hear ASAP on that. You know he start fucking that up. I'm in. I, I love ASAP Rocky. Dex, what's his name? Famous Dex? Famous Dex, D-E-X. I'm in. Um, and if you are an ASAP Rocky fan, just randomly go back to that first mixtape um his visual is crazy all of his visuals that, he, that recent one he dropped oh yeah and you know what this whole like era of him i don't know what it is but like i need to go back and rewatch all the old asap to see how he does his visuals or like how he conceptualizes them because even the raf simmons video like when he's doing like the fashion and it's like the whole visual look like a art book yeah i just want to know like what his his rap lsd like oh my god lsd <sighs> that record i still play that all the time that that album was the a video too. that's the one with uh the james track on there mm-hmm. <sighs> the whole album like yeah. <laughs> the west side highway that's how i do sing it again <laughs> <laughs> I sound a little bit like James. (laughs) Not not that much. Um, But yeah, just a bunch of that random stuff. And that is it from my music listens. I think I'm forgetting people. I have, you just reminded me. So I was watching, my favorite thing about Netflix is Shazamming. Shazam! (laughs) When I'm watching Netflix shows, I don't even remember what I was watching, but there's some guy named T. Ill Dude. T. Have you ever heard of him? T. Who? Ill Dude. No. <laughs> T-Dot <laughs> Ill Dude. I wish it would let me play it. But he has a song called Don't Knock on My Door. Um, For whatever reason, it's not loading right now, so I can't play it. But it's it's dope. And Shazam did from a show on Netflix, and I played it back. I was like, this is dope. You know what? I've never heard of him, but he's got a song with Gordon Banks from, from like a year ago. Oh, wait. Can you play the knock on, Don't Knock on My Door? I just found it. Because it go. won't pull up on mine for some reason. On the lyrics are so us. Watch. Right? I'm in my zone. Yes, yes. yes. He said, "Don't knock he on my like door. Rest. I'm in my zone. I'm never home." Yes, so I like I him. Like that. that was a dope I could to stumble upon on Netflix. <laughs> That's it. What did that come on? I'm, I have to remember. <laughs> oh, you know what it was? 
Okay, I don't know his name or even the name of the Netflix, but like the son from Power that we all hate. Oh, you watched that basketball Ooh. movie? Yes. I, I want to watch that. I've seen that. And he's I, felt, in I felt exactly when I see his ass. I got there, mad when I, I saw the whole too. trailer. I was like, I'm already, I already hate him. I hope he get messed up. I hope it happened to him in the movie. I feel bad for him. Everybody hates him. Man, we all Oh, I got mad all over again. But I clicked it and watched it. I took a break this weekend from working. I was like, let me watch something on Netflix. Netflix. And then that popped up as the banner. I was like, whatever. I clicked it. I actually watched Tyreek it. punk ass. That's who it was. Yes. But uh. that, it was there. That's where I got the song from. And started Soft playing. ass Tyreek. <laughs> Ruining everything. Cause he ain't got no backbone. Scared of them niggas. He thought he was tough enough to hang out with. <laughs> Power's coming back on. It is. In like a couple weeks, ain't Sans it? Reina. And I'm Aww. pissed off. Because Reina would be around... <laughs> Damn. See, I didn't got mad all over again. <laughs> well, you know what? That's it for the music, man. So it's it, perfect, perfect segue, segue right on in the TV land. <laughs> what you got? Listen to the people. <laughs> tell them nothing. I'm going to start talking like Tyreek. <laughs> I don't even feel like doing it no more. <laughs> to be honest with you, it's all fucked up now. That's What's all right. going on? Anyway, Todd, so here. television. I'm here with Tariq. Y'all already know what time you it is. It's the Real Housewives of Atlanta season 10 reunion part one. Let's get straight to the bullshit. Damn. Nobody cares about what anybody had on, although Cynthia won. She looked the best in the whole reunion. The theme was Barcelona, and she literally looked like a model that they just pulled out of Barcelona and dropped right down there on the couch. She looked beautiful. Wait, the reunions have themes? Yeah, well, now, oh, there's it's a whole thing now. What? Now the reunions, they theme, they give the ladies a theme. And they have to pick, um, you know, like style according to whatever the theme is. Like the Met Gala? Yep, exactly. So this year the theme was Barcelona. And cool. the ladies all dressed um, in uh, garments that were reminiscent of, you know, Barcelona and fashion and themes that you see in Barcelona. Interesting. Cynthia looked beautiful. But enough of all that. Let's get down to the meat and potatoes of yeah. it. Sheree Whitfield got no. the thorough, not even a dragging, it was a combing. A rat tail combing, a thin tooth combing that Sheree Whitfield got at this reunion. They literally rolled her like some dice. And I want to give props where they're due. Portia Williams is the one who got the ball rolling in the right direction. Because a lot of the heat was on Portia this season in this reunion as well. Because she deserved it. And she needed to take accountability for gleefully spreading the lie that she spread it about Candy last season. And yes, she's issued apologies, but they were blanket apologies. (laughs) They were. Very broad, nothing specific that really targeted like what the issue was. And in fact, Portia took a bit of a hearty stance when her and Candy were discussing it on the reunion. And so Candy's voice started quivering and then she made it clear. Once Candy's voice starts quivering and shaking, you know that the you know the the bitch is about to come out and you Uh can't wait like the, the mean candy, the joyce is about to come out of her. And so it sure did. Candy was like and she looked beautiful, by the way, sitting up there on that couch. Candy looked like stunningly gorgeous Aww. as she's getting up sitting up there cussing this girl out but she told Portia it don't matter you, you, you it don't matter I'm not gonna talk to you anyway so it don't even yep. matter we ain't even gotta go through it and then Andy was like we'll come back to this a little bit later and she's like do we have to right <laughs> 
And um, so that was really good. But they called Sheree to task for being, you know, just just someone who can never take any stance on something unless it is the position of keeping the mess going or keeping the gossip circulating or keeping the problems problematic. That's what she's wanted to do. And unfortunately, she broke one of the cardinal rules on that show. Um, we all know that it was uh, announced last week through several outlets that it's rumored that she won't be returning next season. And Uh-oh. I, yeah. Bye-bye, What'd she do? Sheree and Kim. And I think they both made the critical mistake of just isolating themselves and being at odds with all of the ladies on cast. You can't just go through your experience as there's something that Cynthia made a good point a long time ago about respecting the show. And as a cast member on a reality show like The Real Housewives of Atlanta or any Real Housewives franchise, those shows are looked at um, in the realm of reality TV shows as having a little bit more substance, you know, a little bit more prestige. There's a way that you handle yourself as a cast member. And you keep. Who said that? Right. (laughs) (laughs) For real. And you keep relationships, what makes these shows exciting is that they're supposed to be about a group of friends, right? So if you respect the show enough to actually have relationships with your cast members, to actually form bonds with them, and then, you know, therein lies the beauty of the scenes, then you don't ever end up on an island by yourself. But when you don't respect the show and you just seek opportunities to be involved in drama or you seek opportunities to keep the mess going, you end up isolating yourself or getting into conflict with too many of your castmates and you're by yourself. And unfortunately, nobody wants to participate in filming with you. Nobody's interested in what's going on in your life. Sheree is in a, Sheree's on a reality show about being a rich-kept woman and she's dating a man in jail. <laughs> That's a really fascinating storyline, and it should be strong enough to carry her and her position on the show, but unfortunately it's not because there's no substance to it. It's just something that she's doing, and it got revealed backhandedly. It's not like she said, hey, I'm in love, and I want to show this relationship, and she really got into you know, the, the reasons why she was willing to even involve herself with someone who's currently an inmate. We didn't get any of that. We just got, oh, yeah, I'm dating him. He's in jail, you know, and that's that's what it is. And that was it, and you moved on. So to me, she kind of did it to herself mm. um, by taking the wrong approach. And instead of really delving and diving into, like, her life, she aligned herself with someone like Kim, whose main purpose, every scene that she participated in filming, every time she walked into a, a room where the girls were gathered, she walked in the door seeking out moments for conflict, seeking out opportunities to be nasty and rude and say things that were just completely gross. I thought you were on something. Yeah, she 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 really I think she thinks when nobody hit her, to be honest. I with think you. she thinks I think that she too. does. And so that's why she's been saying some of the things that she said. But fortunately we're dealing with some pe- women who are uh, mature enough to understand that that's like the last resort and so they're going to eat her alive with words which is entertaining (laughs) for us to watch so we're going to get a great reunion um and i'm really looking forward to it uh kenya moore i thought handled herself really well um she announced her pregnancy i'm so so happy for her especially when you consider this backstory with like her broken relationship with her own mom it's Mm -hmm. so beautiful to get to see her get that that fresh start um, so that's great to see Marlo, who I love for several reasons, but she really disappointed me in her conflict with Kenya. Kenya's not, although Kenya can like go toe to toe and vibe, you know, spar vocally or verbally rather with people. 
Kenya is a person who relies on preparation. If you give her time to prepare something to say, you're going to be thoroughly entertained. But if you're in the heat of the moment in an argument, she's not that strong of a, a competitor, I guess. And so to beef with her in the moment over something that's really not even, like, they have no reason to be mad at Well, Kenya has a reason to be mad with Marlo now based on things that Marlo has done and said um, to antagonize Kenya that kind of went way below the belt. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, them, whole having a, them having a conflict in itself, it was unnecessary. So there's right. no substance. It's just fighting for the sake of fighting on the show, and it gets really old really fast. And Marlo's not that good at that either. She's good in our confrontations and arguments where she really is mad at the person. But if she's fighting just to fight, it's not interesting. Like she kept saying, Kenya's got bad skin and, oh, bright yellow. Kenya had a bright yellow dress on, so she called her bright yellow over there. It was just petty, just stuff that wasn't even interesting. So mm-hmm. that was kind of um, a letdown. Marlo looked beautiful, though. She looked like she was going to the Met Gala. She had a big... Um, Soft purple. Yeah, like mm. a tool, like a whole bunch of layers of tool. It was huge. It was la- it was lavender. Lavender. <laughs> um, so that was all good to watch, but I'm really looking forward to next week. I can't wait to see Kim versus Nene. Yeah. I can't wait to see it. And actually, what I'm most looking forward to, I know we keep talking about this, but for once in the history of the nine consecutive seasons that Candy's been on this show, her and Nene have always had some sort of conflict um, in a reunion setting. This year, they both made a pact to really work on their relationship, and they've done that and remained true friends, even through the fallout with Nene being released from um, her hosting duties on that Great Escape tour. Mm-hmm. They maintain their connection. And this year, we get to see them sitting side by side on that couch cussing Kim out, and I can't wait! <laughs> so I'm so excited about that. Wow. So many reunion moments of mm-hmm. Candy versus Nene. So he, many. But now, <laughs> now they're going to be shoulder to shoulder letting <laughs> right. Kim's ass have it, and I can't wait. They would go couch to couch, and now they- <laughs> I cannot wait. Is Does anyone exciting? really ever get fired from those shows, though? I feel like they get fired, they, they come, come back, back. they right. get fired, they come back. You have to really do something fucked up like what Phaedra did last year to get You don't think she's coming back? I feel like she'll be back. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. And the reason I don't know is because Bravo has such a great relationship with Candy. Like, she's had so many spinoffs, and she actually has other shows that she recently revealed are going to be, like, announced soon that she's producing on Bravo. She's got a a show coming out on Bravo, a show coming out on another network that she didn't reveal yet. Um, She's got a bunch of television projects because her and Todd have their production company. That's right. And they um, they recently found out that a couple of their projects have been greenlit. So wow. she's got a couple things going. Um, Go Tuckers. Yeah. <laughs> it'll just be good. So I'm really excited about that. A lot of other good stuff has come on. Um, Iyanla Fix My Life was fascinating and heartbreaking this week. Um, it was about. What she have? Well, it was about um, regular, I don't want to say regular people, but it was about people who are not <laughs> celebrities. And I really appreciate those episodes. Right. Because um, the work is just, I don't know, it just seems more authentic. But. This lady um, had lived a very rough life, had a baby when she was 16. Her mom took the baby and raised it, so there was resentment between the two of them. Um, she then went on to be involved in, like, sex work. 
um, and a couple other things. She had more children, so there's a disconnect between her daughter that she didn't raise and one of her daughters that she did raise who are close in age and who is fiercely protective of the mother. Um, then the mother's sister also took on a major role in her daughter's life that she didn't raise, and so there's conflict between the two of them. So it became um, a a breakdown of the breakdown between the relationships between two sets of sisters mm. who also happen to be, you know, mother and daughter and aunt and niece. Um, so it was just fascinating, um, and some of the things sometimes Ayanna, I don't know, she's just she's good at what she does in in her own way. And she picks up on certain things that, I don't know, I would have never even thought to zero in on as a reason why. But once she does, it opens It, it connects the dots. Perfectly. So that was fascinating to watch this week. Um, and then watch Wild Wild Country so that you <laughs> can understand the things that we discussed and also be entertained because it was fascinating to learn about that and watch. So that's it on TV this week. And I want to give a quick shout-out to, believe it or not, Tammy Roman. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> Tammy Roman has a new digital short series. Um, well, it's not new in concept. It's her Bonnet Chronicle series, but it's actually on title now. What? And, yeah, and it's produced episode two just released. I Wait think, a like, today. minute. What do you mean? How it's, long is it? The episode episode <laughs> one was like maybe five or six minutes. Really? Um, yep. There's a whole plot. It's scripted. <laughs> it's hilarious. So. Check that out and, and seeing that on title, it was really good. And I hope cool. she gets more opportunities like yeah. that. You know? That's wow. awesome. That's yeah. hilarious. So that's it, y'all. Now Vangie. we can just move on to the next segment. <laughs> it's Vanji. Sorry. Turn the TV off. <laughs> I ain't never turned the TV off. I was watching RuPaul's Drag Race last night. Do you have you ever watched that show? Drag nope. Race? Yeah. Years ago, I definitely watched a couple episodes because Maya like loves it. <laughs> RuPaul's Drag Race is amazing. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, everything that RuPaul is doing in that whole, like, community and watching the whole... Like, because we talk so much about ecosystem, just watching the competition, it's like season 10, but then they have, like, these all-star seasons. And to hear these people talk about the things that they go through in their households, it's just amazing. Which is my favorite part, them. when they're doing their makeup and they're yeah. just talking. That's the part I like. Yeah, they're in the makeup. Uh, they were doing makeup in the workroom, and somebody was talking about, um, you know, how his family's re- religious, and they support him, you know, doing drag. And then there's another queen in the workroom that family didn't even know he was there doing drag, because once they oh, found shit. out he was gay, they kicked his ass out the house. But he was happy to hear that. It was working out for somebody else. Right. And just exist. to hear all these people like exchanging all these things in these moments, because it's a very broken community. It's a very, well, it used to be very small too. So to watch people be able to see more people like them and then to share stories and to build these platforms together because they go on tours together after the shows, it's amazing. Yeah. But I just want to say that because I watched Drag Race the last no, night. No, RuPaul has a podcast. Mm-hmm. And he has an episode on Oprah's podcast too, on her um, Soul Sessions. That was really fascinating because I feel like we never really get an inside scoop on like where he got started in his life and just how he thinks and his perspective. So that's a good episode. I suggest people listen to that. I'm going to have to go listen to that. It was very good. I was just watching that whole time and and thinking about that because you see shows like Top Model and any of these music competitions and they feed into things that we already have. Mm -hmm. But like there's not a big market for drag where... You know, we know that there's going to be, like, like music. Artists always come out with music. There's always, like, CD release dates and movies and shit like that. But yeah. Drag Race is, like, a whole different sector. I thought that was dope. 
Anyway, um, since TV Land is over, sorry for that. <laughs> um, next segment is the Asking for a Friend, and the email for the Asking for a Friend segment is the friend zone at loudspeakersnetwork.com. With that said, <laughs> the s- subject for this email is Nice for What? Oh, <laughs> my gosh. Tale of a Confusing Relationship. Here's my problem. I see, they just had the whole thing and then just said, here's my problem. So I'm starting from there. Um, here's my problem. Since the summer of 2017, I found a guy, and we've been we've been vining ever since. Vibing is what it probably meant. We've been vibing ever since. We've gotten really close, and to this day, I can call him one of my best friends. Aww. During the summer, things started to get intimate. We slept together. We was cool, vibing, and living life. Then I left for school, two hours away. And he started questioning me all the time. He was wondering what I was doing, who I was with, whether I had guys messaging me. And he didn't trust me at all. Yikes. Mind you, we never talked about being exclusive, but we kind of understood that we both didn't want each other to have anyone else. It's been like this from September until now. We've had our bad moment and good moments. Our relationship is like a roller coaster. He'd accuse me of doing stuff, thinking I'm talking to people, and I'm constantly defending myself and so forth. I sound my, I, I sound. I found myself changing to make him happy. He didn't want me going out to the club. He thought I should focus on school, and I stopped. I mean, I'm trying to not. I'm trying to not go out as much and focus on my schoolwork and self in general. But some days I'd like to go out, alas, once during the school year. He doesn't like me posting pics and showing off my cleavage, <laughs> when revealing stuff, etc. Anytime we fight, in a, <laughs> anytime we get in a fight, he always hits me with the. It's fine. You're doing you. Don't worry about me. Do your thing. You're free now. And I'm like, when was I not free, though? <laughs> Anytime. She typed that in all caps. It took me out. <laughs> Anytime I bring up about why he keeps saying stuff like that when we were both clearly single, he'd always deflect the question or change the subject. He says what he wants when he's upset, and I can never bring it up again. He hangs it up on me, declines my call. He hangs up on me, declines my call, and ignores me if he wants to. He's blocked me on Instagram and blocked me on WhatsApp before and when he was mad at me, and frankly, I'm just tired of thinking it's childish. He's 26, and I'm 20. Bitch, <laughs> I should right. not be putting up <laughs> with about this right. all. <laughs> about a week and a half ago, we were cooking together, and he wanted me to take an Insta story for him. Yes, this does sound about right. <laughs> this is almost over, I promise. Uh, about a week and a half ago, we were cooking together. We were clearly cool then, and he wanted me to take an Insta story for him. While I was going to upload the vid, he went upstairs to grab something. As I was looking for the vid on the gallery through Instagram, I started scrolling down. And you know what they say. (laughs) If you look, you about to find what you're looking for. And indeed I did. Lo and behold, there was a screenshot of him on FaceTime with a naked girl dated February 17th of this year. (laughs) He came back, saw my face. Everybody get some motherfucking roll on. (laughs) He came back and saw my face and was like, you went through my phone, didn't you? I said, "Mm mm-hmm. He laughed and he said, well, what did you see? I didn't say anything and proceeded to continue the rest of the night without saying a word. He kissed me on the cheek and said, he kissed me on the cheek. I'm about to throw my phone. I'm sorry. I'm mad at myself. He kissed me on the cheek and said, well, you're the one that's right here, right? Later on the phone, when I left to go home, I told him I saw the picture and if he could explain, he said, well, it's nothing I haven't seen before. And that he felt like it wasn't important any that he wasn't important anymore to me, and that I didn't care, and I was leaving him for the summer. So he just felt alone and started talking to people. It only happened once or twice. I just feel stupid 
Because I'm still here causing, because I legit care for him as a person, and I have feelings for him. Yesterday we were together, and I asked him what his expectations were for me, and he said he can't commit to anyone. <laughs> he know he has, he knows he has trust issues. Any advice on what I can say to him? Should I try to be friends with him or listen to Drake's "Do What I Want"? Talk <laughs> to him in any way, whether it sounds rude or not. Do I cut him off completely? Had a man last year. I life goes on. Phone. Yeah, I mean, nice for what is really it. You already have your answer. Honestly, <laughs> the track came out just for you. That's what I've learned while reading your email. I didn't want to say it, but it it revealed itself to you. He's literally telling you. Every man I've dated that was that controlling from what I'm posting online to where I'm at, checking in, needing me to tell them every detail, and they were just, like, paranoid, and then telling me shit like, you driving me crazy, like, I just don't know what you're doing, I don't trust it, da, da, da. it always, and never failed, always went back to what they were doing and projecting on me. Never failed. And I didn't want to say it because obviously there's always exceptions and I don't want to project that onto your story. No, but you right, friend. It's always because niggas go nig. <laughs> because that anxiety is coming from somewhere. And nine times out of ten, it has nothing to do with you. Either he got cheated on crazy before you and is just remind you know, he hadn't worked through it and is just bringing it back into a new relationship or it's what he's doing and he's thinking that you're doing the same and that's why he can't relax. So I'm glad you saw the picture. And if I were you, it sounds like he's all over the place. Can I just emotionally? read you a part I skipped? Because I just read it. Mm-hmm. If I leave him and remove him out of my life, I'll know he'll turn it against me and say I wasn't there when he needed me. That's fine. But what about my feelings? Exactly, girl. <laughs> that Your feelings are the answer. Your feelings are the priority. And it's not going to be that hard because he's already said that he essentially is operating as a single man anyway. You know what I mean? He right. was very nonchalant about you seeing that picture in his phone. You know, he don't give a damn. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's Pretty not, much. you know, and and you shouldn't either. <laughs> you know, I think right. you guys can hang out, be together when you want to be together. But, like, it's so it's about to be summertime. Like, you're 20. So this is not even going to mean anything to you soon. At all. Like, it's just so not worth the the stress. It's not even worth you trying to figure out if you mm-hmm. should, you know, get further involved in this or whatever. It's not even something worthy. I wouldn't even tell him shit. I would just quit talking to him. <laughs> For real. I don't like, want... Like, it's not even... <sighs> I don't want anything to do with anyone, including him, but I don't think I can leave him completely. Maybe just cut off the sexual part of our, our relationship and try to be friends. That's understandable. And I mean, if you really, you have to be honest with yourself. Can you do that? Well, I don't know what I would do. If you can do that, then. I don't know what I would do if he was out of my life completely. Not Somebody to else. We live. Everybody <laughs> get your motherfucking roll on. Look, somebody else. Not to mention, we live two minutes away from each other. Oh. I feel so weird to pass by his house with somebody else. Oh, now, no. she didn't say it with somebody else, but it's just funny you said it with somebody else. <laughs> Girl. He, he literally does not care about a relationship with you, but he don't mind relations with you. If you don't want to be in, re- in a relationship with him, you do not have to be. If you want to have relations with him, you can have them, but you don't have to give them to him. And you don't have to consider his feelings before yours because y'all are not in a relationship, which he does not want. So you know that he does not want a relationship, so you can keep reinforcing to yourself that you have to put yourself first. 
it is you over him and every anything every time every time all all day i had to learn the hard way i look i see my glass already is half full so if i'm trying to fill my glass up i can't pour into somebody else what i haven't filled up my own damn glass with already like i can't I can't make you 55 or 60% <laughs> so you can help my 50% get up somewhere. We all got to be 100 on our own or by ourselves. Like, it starts with you. It's true. And can I just say the sad, like a super, super, super quick story? Yes, please. So I was in a relationship that was similar with someone who was like super controlling. And obviously, after a while, it came out to light that it was because he was doing hella crazy shit. But... At the time, a friend of mine, a really good friend of mine that I've been friends with for years, had seen him with a girl and called me and told me. And my dumb ass <laughs> went and told the person I was with, like, I know you were here, blah, blah, blah. I didn't say who told me, but he got it out of me because he was threatening me. Like, he was like, if you don't tell me, I'm going to leave, blah, blah, blah. You know, I was super young. And I got shook and was just like, fine, someone still told me. Totally threw my friend under the bus. He calls my friend. Mind you, he gets his number. I don't even know how. That's how crazy he was. He found dude's number, calls him, curses him the hell out. I'm talking about, you know, you want some bitch shit. What kind of man goes to another wow. man and tells him. And I felt, I was mortified. Mortified all around. Mortified because I was in this dumbass relationship. Mortified because I was, I could let him get, you know, my friend involved and then called him and cursed him out. My friend was just trying to look out for me. It was just bad all around. Something I should, should not have been in. Long story short, me and that friend had kind of disconnected, but he always still loved me. Like, he would send me messages like, I see you doing your thing. I love you. Da, da, da. But we just kind of fell off. A lot of it was because I was just mortified. Like, I was embarrassed. I was mm-hmm. like, he, he knew me in a time of my life where I was in a really fucked up position. And I never knew how to, like, I apologized to him, like, years later. But I always sort of felt weird about it. And yeah. so I instead of, like, feeling weird every time I saw him, I just kind of, like, let it go. Long story short, I saw people saying rest in peace messages to him. And he passed. And I was so devastated. Like, I cried that, like, I didn't know he passed. Friend, you about to make me cry. You know, and it just, it puts so much in perspective because here I am missing out on my friend all these years. Didn't even know he passed. Hey, they had memorials for him, funerals, all these things. I had no idea. I missed all of that. Me and the guy I was dating don't even fuck with each other anymore. He was a blip. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like priorities, man. They might seem different in the moment, but you got to think about what matters most. It's always you first (laughs) and your friends. That's the reality. I'm not saying put your friends over your relationships, but there has to be a healthy balance. You have to know. You know when you're in a fucked up situation. Like, you know it. You feel it in your bones. That's what you're writing to us. I always say that the minute you guys start the email, you already know your answer. <laughs> if, if the words come, I got to send the email to... Then you know that whatever it is, you know, your 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 spirit is telling you, I don't, I don't feel good, so I'm going to get confirmation from someone else that this is fucked up. But, you know, that just put a lot in perspective. Like, it made me so sad. Like, I cried because I was like, how fucked up is that? I ruined that whole friendship. For someone who loved me and was looking out and genuinely looking out, like I love that dude. We were such good friends because of a dude that I don't even talk to. <laughs> All because I let someone's controlling, anxious, insecure ass, you know, mm-hmm. ways 
change the trajectory of my life and my circle. So you got to be careful. Things that might feel so big and so serious and like you're here like, I don't know what I would do and I can't leave him out of my life. Girl, listen, that guy was my everything. And right now, you could, I couldn't even tell you where he is. <laughs> might not even be able to I don't him know where he lives. Now. Like, I couldn't tell you anything, nor do I have the desire. I love him still. Like, that's forever. He was a chapter in my life. But there's nothing in me, in my bones, on a cellular level that has any interest in what's going on with him. So this feels very real to you now. And believe me, there's going to come a time where you won't even remember who he is. (laughs) And, you know, I hate to be rude, but, you know, you're 20 years old. So you have got a lot of life. ahead. If you're dealing with someone older than you, they're 26, like not for nothing. Pretty much you're always going to deal with somebody older than you. And if they insecure, you got to get away from that shit. Because that insecurity is going to be what really sparks that controlling shit. And stressful. That's a stressful way to live. And that's not your stress. And I feel like because you're so used to the burden of said stress, like now you feel like you have, like you're going to feel like a bad person if you release it. You're going to be free. It's your life. It's not your stress. You didn't cause none of this shit. (laughs) Like, just get out of it. And if you feel like maybe you can still be friends and manage it, sure. But that's your life. Live it to the best. Girl, go on down the street and leave that sorry ass nigga And it's your alone. life. Y'all and ain't got right. no deal And it's your life. And, and it's, it's all right. right. And it's your life. And it's all right. So that's it. Um, now we're going to move on to the Black Business of the Week. Got this thing. Don't forget, you can also submit Black Businesses of the Week to the friends on at loudspeakersnetwork.com. Uh, <laughs> sorry. So the uh, Black Business of the Week. You heard your voice? Uh-huh. So there's a show. Me to say think pieces should go, but honestly, I don't care, man. Thank you. <laughs> I just be feeling like sometimes people be reading way too much. You listening to the friend zone again? Right too, and I, but I feel like there's a way. Hell yeah! Piece I read, it's like. That's a show. <laughs> All right. Nobody. All right. That's a show on Instagram, which is actually pretty fascinating. It's a show called, I hope I'm saying it properly, Seasoned, mm. Great at Being Terrible. Mm. <laughs> and it's a sh- it's an Instagram series. Isn't that cool? So That's every cute. episode is one minute. And it's an IG show created by Jesse Can Create and Chloe Shot You. Um, and the Instagram is Seasoned, but they spell it. S Z N E D series. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying it right. I mm-hmm, hope right. Yeah. Seasoned series. But I think it's a cool concept. I love people just coming up with uh, innovative ways to use different platforms right? and kind of integrate their crafts. One minute episodes on Instagram, and that one had our show. They were listening to <laughs> That's the cute. show. I love that. Yeah, and it started off the episode with them <laughs> listening to the friends on their living room, and then obviously it went into the rest of the episode. But they tagged us. They tagged me, and I was like, oh, my God, this is so cool. I, I was like, I'm that. honored, yeah, that you would include our show in your right. show. And I told them that I would shout them out today. So check them out. Send them love. Uh, I'm trying to see if the episode had a title. I think the episode's called Send Him to Popeye's, Sis. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> yes. Perfect. Um, so that's the episode title. Look for it and then leave comments. Show them love. Spread the word. It's a very cool concept. And that's it for this week's Black Business of the Week. Yes. 
And that's it for this week's episode. That's it for this week's episode. Do you guys have any chirp? Chirp. You hear me? Chirp. (laughs) Chirp. (laughs) Chirp announcements. Send your ass to Popeye. (laughs) (laughs) To you guys. Oh, wait. I also have to shout out Jigga29. Um, Juice Jordan. He has so many names. (laughs) He's the one that that tagged me on the season series because he was the actor in that episode. Look how cute he is. Chicka what? Is he adorable? Oh, Chicka who? Oh, that's what's up, Juice Jordan. Juice Chica Jordan, what? he's adorable. So he's the Chica one that um, <laughs> that tagged me. So Juice Jordan, shout out to you for putting us on. And yes, so do you guys have any church announcements before we get out of here? Well, absolutely. Let's not forget that we are uh, the Friend Zone Live is still on the road. So Please check us out. TheFriendZoneLive.com for tickets to our Chicago show, which is going to be May 12th. And don't forget that you can catch us out in Los Angeles June 16th. Um, and with that said, I also will be at the Reed's pop-up shows uh, 420, Oh, getting grown this weekend. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jade and I'm Kia devastated. are having their first that. live show. It's going to be awesome in DC. So many awesome things going with Crystal on. as the with guest. With Crystal as the guest, so yeah. cute. Um, so many awesome things going on. I hope I'm keeping up with a lot of them. I'm just shouting them out because I. Oh, here's one thing I should shout out, even though I don't have all the information. Uh, 422, which is a Sunday, I will be hosting another uh, Buy Black. Uh, or yeah, buy black shop with uh, along with Pompet Wines, and <gasps> we're doing that again. Yeah, I'll be here. Uh, it was back to black uh, last last month. We did that for Black History Month, and uh, or I'm sorry, February we did it for Black History Month. I felt like last month was still Black History Month because so many awesome black things continued to happen, and this month should still be Black History Month because Drake just dropped. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I'm going to be doing that. I'll bring more details to that soon. You can check out my Instagram, at Asante for all that stuff coming up, because I'm also going to be announcing another If I Were a Rapper show pretty Yay. soon. Yes, get that tour rolling. <laughs> you know, it's going to be on a hump day, okay? Oh, uh, oh that's it over here. What about y'all? <laughs> no, nothing today. Uh-oh, Smirky Smirk is back. Nothing today. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Um, the activation tour. Get activated. Yes. Denver, you sold out. I'm Get so activated. thankful, man. Denver's you were I'd say it Denver and Vermont were the cities that had me shook. Hey. So Denver, you are already thank you. I appreciate y'all seeing you guys this weekend. Vermont, your tickets are already posted and it's already halfway through. We just posted them. So Vermont, thank you. Damn. I I really feel thankful. Hell like I'm yeah. just so thankful that you guys trust me. Cannot wait to jump out and hug you guys in your cities. The activation, oh no, it's activationtour.com. If you are in Vermont, please fill out the application if you're interested in being a part of the tour because we are still reading them. We're only halfway through ticket sales as far as like the ones that we made eligible for ticket purchase. So there's still room for you to send in your application. So please send that in. And we usually get back to you with an answer between like 48, 72 hours. You know, it's a lot of work reading through those apps because we really, really cater to each one. Um, So, yes, activation tour, Denver. See you this weekend. So excited. And yeah, Friends on Live, Chicago. Where you at? Chicago, 12th, baby. TheFriendZoneLive.com, Chicago. We cannot wait to see you. I'm so excited to go back to Chicago. Speaking of Chicago, I'm sorry. I just have one last random thing to say. (laughs) This is so random, and I don't think about Chicago because I think they do Empire out there. That damn Kiki Palmer song. On Star. (laughs) 
It's called Bossy, the star one. They play that shit in the club and it go off. And every I time I, to it. I, friend, I'm going to play it for you right when it go off. <laughs> All right, that was it. For it's really the I jam just, for real. It's the That's jam. dope. Sing it. <laughs> I can talk no if I want to. <laughs> right. <laughs> so she goes through like that. Yeah. She's talking about her tooling. <laughs> Friend, I'm going to play it for you right after this. So we need to get out of here. We love you guys. Love As always, thank you so much Stay for lack. listening. And check you next week. Bye.